this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show this morning. Oh, when I do that, does it affect your headphones as well? Really loud. Does, does that do your headphones? Yeah. I never knew that. Thank you. I've, I've often wondered why guests have uh, stormed out in disgust <laughs> while I've been doing that. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including local MP Dominic Grieve is in hot water over his corruption comments, saying it should be made clear that a favour culture is unacceptable in Britain. Well, hang on a second. Surely a favour culture is what makes Britain great. You scratch my back, I'll give you a lift to work and look after your kids. What, where have favours benefited you and your life? Tufty, the Green Cross Code man and Alvin Stardust, we need to bring them back. We've totally forgotten how to cross the road and prefer to play the human version of Frogger than to stop, look and listen. And sat-navs are better than maps. The end. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text to 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you could give me a phone call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a leading uh, Luton Muslim says the Attorney General was right to suggest that corruption is endemic in some ethnic minority communities. Akbar Khan, who chairs the community cohesion group Building Bridges, says that Dominic Grieve, who's also the Tory MP for Beaconsfield, was wrong to back off from comments which, by his own admission, were aimed mostly at Pakistanis. Well, Catherine Boyle has been watching the story of the weekend. Catherine, what, what did Mr Grieve say? Well, he told the Daily Telegraph that the corruption problem was growing because some communities are made up of those who, and this is his, uh, his, his words, come from backgrounds where corruption is endemic. And he said it must be made absolutely clear that a favour culture is unacceptable in Britain. Uh, Mr Grieve also told the Telegraph he'd be wary of saying it was just a Pakistani problem, pointing out that corruption was found in the white Anglo-Saxon community too. But when pressed, he admitted he was referring mainly to the Pakistani community. It was interesting because he did seem to single out the Pakistanis and it, he, he then said it's certainly not the Indian culture. It, 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 so it kind of swept them to one it's an incredible article in uh, the paper at the weekend. It, that didn't go down, down well with some people, no, did it? No, perhaps unsurprisingly, his comments were described as offensive and divisive by some members of the South Asian community, as well as a number of MPs, some of whom were from his own party. Most notably, perhaps, the Conservative Party chairman and well in Hatfield MP, Grant Shapps. And there's quite a lot else going on in Hatfield, including some pretty big construction work right now. So some of the porter's money will come in after that. Well, I don't think that's... That's clearly uh, not what well, he was trying to say at that point. clearly not what he was talking about at that point, was it? No, naughty, naughty Grant Shapps. We'll get you the right clip as as we can. Others from the Pakistani community have gone further than Grant Shapps did uh, for their condemnation of Mr Grieve, which is what you should have heard. Uh, Wahid Akbar, who's a British-Pakistani Labour councillor in Luton, he's calling on David Cameron to ask the Beaconsfield MP to resign. So Mr Grieve, he's now apologised, but now some people are angry, saying that he shouldn't have apologised that he was right. That's right. In a statement, the MP said uh, the Pakistani community has enriched his country and he was sorry for any offence caused. But Akbar Khan, who we'll be speaking to in the course of the programme, he's mm. the chairman of Building Bridges, an organisation based in Luton aimed at community cohesion. He says that corruption is a problem for the Pakistani community. It should be addressed and he believes that Mr Grieve was right to raise the issue and he's disappointed he seems to have backtracked. 
I think he has uh, raised a very important issue which has been around for some time and uh, uh, somehow political uh, correctness uh, have hindered uh, its discussion. And uh, I would hope that uh, Dom- Dominic Grieve will run with this, with this argument because it's, it's an issue which is affecting particularly the younger generation of Muslims in this society. Catherine, thank you very much for that. Later on I'll be debating this issue with two members of the Pakistani community who have a Opposing views about Mr. Greaves' comments. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. So, Dominic Greaves says that there is corruption within the Pakistani community, and then he kind of backs down. And says, ah, "No, hang on a minute. I'm sorry, guys. Should he have backed down? Was he right to have said that? I worked in Pakistan for three months. Boy, oh boy, did I see a lot of corruption from some very high up officials." Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I'm keen to get your uh, thoughts and your views on this, please. Should he have said it in the first place? Should he have backed down in the second place? Also, which are best, sat navs or maps? I know quantum leaps. Bear with me. It's a Monday. Surely anybody still using... We've done this, we've mentioned this on the show before. It's the front page of some of the newspapers today. Anybody still using a map? What on earth is your problem? Do you get computers that tell you which way to go? You don't have to plan your journey in advance like my dad did in 1977 and then still get lost. 08459 555. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Did you download last week's podcast? Oh, it's a corker. You can get it by going to uh, iTunes and typing in Ian Lee, I-A-I-N dot L-double-E. Don't need a dot on the iTunes, that's ridiculous. Or you can just go to the BBC Three Counties uh, uh, page and uh, click on podcast, and it's there. Uh, coming up, we'll be talking about um, sat-navs versus maps. We, it, it pops up every once in a while, this story, and I cannot believe there are people that still prefer to use paper maps. I was in a, Whose car was I in the other day? And they had... Um, uh, a load of maps in their car. Motorists still prefer printed maps to satellite navigation, is the Daily Telegraph. Most motorists still prefer printed maps to satellite navigation when planning journeys. When planning, ju- Who plans a journey? You might Google it, do the Google Maps to see how long it's going to take. Oh, that's going to take an hour and a half. OK, right. Well, I'll probably leave ten minutes early. OK, fine. Covered. But no one sits down with a book of maps and goes through it. Do they? No, I don't, this is nonsense. Older drivers are the least happy with satellite navigation systems. Here we go. With only 9% of over 65s ditching printed maps altogether. No, I don't believe that. I think that's nonsense. We won't find, and I think we struggled before, we won't find anybody who prefers paper maps over electronic satellite navigational systems. We won't. It won't happen. 08459 455 555. Do you know, um, and I'm going to use this term and, and I mean it, uh, a freak that still uses a map? Anybody? No. Even when you go um, hiking, hiking. Even when you go for like country walks, you take a little sat nav with you. You don't take a map. 08459 455 555. It's a quarter past six. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. There we go. There we go. Boom. It's a month to go, dear listeners. A month to go. How exciting is that? I'll have no naysayers on here. Nay-naysaying. 
is what I say. What? Uh, you can give us a call if you want to uh, celebrate the magic of Christmas. It's a month. I'm properly excited. I haven't done any shop. I've bought one present. I bought my present for my mum. I need to sort out. Uh, I've got no idea what to get anyone else. Are you excited in their team? We're good Christmas yeah! excitement. I'm so excited. I'm so, so, so very, very, very happy. I bought your very present. Excited. You bought us a present, Catherine. I bought your present. What have you bought? I'm not telling you. Well, how, how much did have you spend? You? Loads. I'm not going to tell you. And if you're naughty, you won't get it. Well, well, you, you need to give me a, a ballpark figure. This is the first time you've been producing mm-hmm. this show on at a Christmas. Yes. So I need a ballpark figure of, of. It's more emotional cash I've invested, to be honest. Oh, oh, that, in that case, I don't, I, I, I've. I don't know. I'm going to get you, Kelly Betts. Do you? Yeah, I know. Do you remember last year when Ian bought us all presents and we no one got him anything? Oh, well, I did get him something. I got him a Neil you? Diamond no, CD you did, no, that I've been keeping for him. You didn't. You, you went through the CDs that had been sent in that no one wanted and you gave it to me. I think you wrapped it in um, just I like printer paper. No, I'd been keeping it. I didn't realise so, I'd been keeping it for you. I got everyone really good presents last year. And you, you're right, nobody um, got me anything. Oh. Do you remember what you got me? Remind the listener. You got me Citizen Khan. On DVD. On DVD. Yeah, great it's present. A treat. Great present. It, w- it, it was a good present. Have you watched them all? Yeah. Which was your favourite episode? Episode one. What happens in that one, remind when me? When you all meet the characters. <laughs> oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Now, it seems we've forgotten how to cross the road. Stuff like this annoys me because I'm constantly d- teaching my little boy how to cross. He knows the Green Cross code. And safety charities are calling for the return of the Green Cross Code Man, Tufty the Squirrel. Some are even calling for the return of Alvin Stardust. That's how desperate things have got. It comes after yet another accident on the 8505 in Luton, a stretch of road where people constantly ignore pedestrian crossings and underpasses, preferring instead to run the gauntlet. Well, Kevin Clinton is the head of road safety at the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents. We'd certainly like to see more um, road safety publicity adverts on television. They, they've um, um, all but disappeared since the, um, all of the spending cuts um, started in 2010. Um, the Green Cross Code and pedestrian training um, hasn't gone away. Um, many schools now do pedestrian training where they take children out onto the road and, and, and um, train them how to, how, to spot a, how to work out what's a safe place and how to get across the road. Um, so those things haven't disappeared. But, but the kind of mass publicity has very much reduced. You don't, you don't need the mass publicity, and it's not the school's responsibility. Parents, you cross your ro- the road with your kids, right? Well, when you're doing it, show them how to do it properly. Take them to a pelican crossing. Take them to a zebra crossing. Tell them to stop just behind the curb. Wait, look and listen, and then walk when it's clear. Mr Clinton does uh, go on to say he does have sympathy. Oh, no, sorry, Mr Clinton says the main cause of accidents is motorists going too fast. He welcomes the move by many local authorities to reduce the speed limit to 20 miles per hour in town centres and built-up areas. But overall, probably um, drivers going at, um, going too fast for the conditions is, is a, a bigger cause. Um, I think one of the main things, which and we're certainly seeing this happen more and more now, is local authorities introducing 20-mile-an-hour um, speed limits in areas, in, particularly in residential areas and and roads like um, um, shopping um, areas and so on where there are lots of pedestrians about so slowing down the the traffic speed is probably one of the most um, important things you can do to protect pedestrians however mr clinton does have sympathy for drivers if pedestrians are being irresponsible when they cross the road and i do sympathize with um, drivers who will, will naturally get very frustrated if um, when they hear about um, pedestrians who climb over guardrails and then rush across a um, um, a dual carriageway and that does make it harder to say to drivers 
you know you need to be responsible and watch your speed when they, if you know if they hear about pedestrians misbehaving in that way um, but um, statistically um, one of the, the best things you can do to protect um, pedestrians is, is where they're about in towns and cities and residential areas is, is to keep the traffic speeds low yeah but this really annoys me right if you've got to I saw this at the weekend I was at a zebra crossing passing a zebra crossing in my car and what 10 feet away there was a family trying to cross the road walk the 10 feet to the zebra crossing you muppets or another thing you see mums mums when they want to cross the road their way of slowing down the traffic to warn the traffic that they want to cross the road is to push the front wheels of the buggy out into the road oh it annoys me it's not the school's responsibility. It's not society. It's not even Alvin Stardust's responsibility. It's parents' responsibility. Teach your kids the Green Cross code. I'm angry, Justin. <laughs> Morning, boss. I am angry because mm. people are dying unnecessarily because they're not taught from the right age how to cross the flipping road. No, do you know what? You're absolutely spot on. I'm by the A505 in Luton as we speak. Now, this road is a 30 miles per hour road, but, Ian, you know this road. People don't travel at 30 miles per hour. I saw some shocking things over the weekend. I saw two parents with their children in pushchairs running the gauntlet oh, on this road. Mate. Now, when I tried to speak to them, unfortunately, they couldn't speak English. But there's one example for you. I also saw three children, and it was terrifying to watch this. They had an underpass literally a few yards to their right-hand side. To their left-hand side, there were traffic lights. And again, those three children, under the age of 10, running the gauntlet. Two of them got across, first of all. One was left behind. I couldn't do anything at that point. It was absolutely horrific to watch. So if you're basing examples on what I just said, clearly, as a nation, we need to uh, improve on our road safety, don't we? Right, what we want, I-, I want a responsible parent to call up now and teach all the irresponsible parents listening to this, they'll probably be listening to heart, but you never know, we might catch them, all the irresponsible parents how to teach their children to cross the road. It's simple. It takes a while, you've got to do it a few times, but they get it eventually. My boy knows the Green Cross code. Mm. He's got to be reminded every now and then. Sometimes he goes to run out. You go, ah, ah, ah. Can you remind me how you do the Green Cross Code? And he'll do it. Can we get a responsible parent on the phone this morning who can teach the idiot parents how to cross the road properly? Please, 08459 455555. From what I saw over the weekend, you would struggle to find one of those parents because we had another parent who said, well, I'm doing it because, well, my kids can't see me, can they? You'll hear that after seven this morning. Now, listen, motoring stories are are plenty this morning, Justin. Yeah. There's a great story that you pointed out to me. What are you doing reading the Daily Telegraph? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a new me. I, I know. Uh, front page. Motorists still prefer printed maps to satellite navigation. I, I cannot believe that for a Why? second. Why would you prefer a printed map? It's like saying that you don't like mobile phones. You prefer a, a phone that doesn't go with you. It's ridiculous. You know, when it comes to printed maps, I can't read them. I put my hands up on that one. But a sat-nav, yes, OK, you hear the odd horror story. You but can't read a map? Not really, no. I don't want to. I don't need to, do I? Well, just because you don't need to doesn't mean you should lose the uh, the, the knowledge of how to do it. Just in case, when, when everything, you know, when, when uh, someone hits that big red button and we're all reduced to quivering yeah. bits of dust and satellite technology doesn't work, you might need a map then. I'm not saying get I rid of maps completely. I mean, I could get by i could get by on one but um for me it's sat nav all the way you, you type it in and as i say you hear the odd horror story but nine times out of ten it gets you there and it gets you there quickly without the hassle ian can you see if you can find anybody anybody who still prefers and uses maps over sat navs please it's going to be a struggle but i shall certainly try for justin daly thank you very much indeed oh eight four five nine four double five five double five if you want to have your say on either of those stories here's a song hey 
Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. 08459 455 555. Catherine and I... Yes. ...will be doing uh, the newspapers. And when I say doing, I mean reading them in about two and a half minutes. Okay. We're going to listen to the Hollies... Oh, yes. And then we're going to do them, read them, the newspapers. So if you want to take part, now would be an excellent time. You don't even need the newspapers there. We will uh, guide you through them and you can help us. 08459 455 555. Oh, I'm hoping to get the Graham Nash autobiography for Christmas. Oh, should be cracking. Hint, hint. Morning. Uh, It's time to look at the papers if you want to take part. 08459 455 555. First things first, Catherine. Yes. Doctor Who. Yeah. Good, wasn't it? Um, <clears throat> you now, now, stop playing coy. Hard to get. I know I, you watched some of it. I, I watched the last five minutes. Spoiler alert when Tom Baker pops up. Wasn't that great? He's lovely, isn't he? I've got a spot for Tom Baker. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> He's very funny. He's being the curator. I thought I thought Doctor Who was much, much better than I was expecting. I thought it was wonderful. I thought John Hurt, as the missing link of Doctors, was incredible. Oh, it was! I was so excited. I like it when there are more, is more than one TARDIS. And then all of the Doctors flew in at the end as well. And 12 Doctors. I need more than 12. Get me 13. Then Peter Capaldi flies <gasps> in as the... Oh, it was... that bit. It was I see wonderful. That bit. I might watch it. Oh, it was so good. It was, it was just great. I was so happy with it. I, I'm do- I had the whole house to myself. The kids were asleep. Got them to sleep early. Put a bit of cowpaw in their milk. Quite a lot. That's wrong. It's wrong, but I don't do it. I only do it... Um, and only joking. I'm, I'm only joking, and I only do it at weekends, okay? Fridays, Saturdays, and indeed Sundays. Week- Thursdays are part of the weekend as well, aren't they, technically? Uh, and the, uh, the, my wife was out, and it was wonderful, and I sat down. I had a big plate of cauliflower cheese. Oh. There's a weird food, isn't it? Yes. Cauliflower cheese. Ingredients, cauliflower and cheese. Is that a meal? Is it healthy? Because cauliflower, <coughs> good. Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, <laughs> cheese, bad. Mm. It's a strange meal. I know I've eaten a lot of it this weekend. We had a big bowl of it. Do I you add it. anything to it? Was it just cheese and cauliflower? Do just you put um, a bit of pepper on? I don't know. Why would you do that? Make it taste of something. I, I, that would involve going to. I don't even heat it up. Oh, I, I don't even. It's, it's a strange food, though, isn't it? Can you imagine the first person went. We've got some cauliflower. We've got some. Let's put them together. Let's try. It might work. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> It's delicious. But isn't it a side dish? It's not a dish in its own right, surely. Well, it was, it was a main course for me three nights this weekend. Oh, good grief. Sometimes hot, sometimes cold. What have you got in the papers? You've got a big one spread open. Lots of things. Um, Ranson, Esther Ranson, you know she did the uh, Childline thing when we were children. Yeah, And, yeah. and it's been hugely oh, successful. Eight hundred, double one, double one. Was that the, was that the song for it? Wasn't that going live? Oh, no, you're right, actually. That's the, oh, yes. one, eight, one, eight, one, one. 8181, eight, that was going live. Do you remember the phone number? What was the phone number for Swap Shop? 01. Oh, I don't know. 743 out of 1000. I think it was. Anyway. Anyway, Esther Anson's Childline, hugely successful. Not thanks to our publicity there. No, no. Um, uh, but she's opened one for um, uh, older people. Oh, really? Called Silverline. Oh, Didn't you know this? No, I did not. This is what the um, Daily Telegraph says about that. Loneliness is a fact of everyday life for at least two and a half million older people in Britain, a study's found. But the figure, equivalent to one in seven older people, could be the tip of the iceberg because of the stigma some people feel about admitting they're lonely. This research was carried out for The Silver Line, the new 24-hour telephone service for older people set up by Esther Ranson. 
27 years after she founded Childline. It's being launched across the UK today after a trial phase in which it took around 7,000 calls in two regions of England. Well, there's obviously a demand for it then. Of course. uh, Well done to her. Sad we have to have something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Really? But some... Permission to speak freely. Speak. Some old people don't do themselves any favours. Oh no, some don't. Some don't. and I know that there is there is a big issue with loneliness. But some of uh, some uh, older people they do put up barriers, mm-hmm. don't they? That kind of send people away. That send out the vibe. Uh, I, I don't want to be. I don't want any company. There is a big issue of pride, and it must be very yes. hard to admit that you actually need somebody after all this time. It could be worse for old people. They could be bursting out of cakes like Mary Berry did. Now, I'm not really sure. Mary Berry is the, um, uh, the British Great British Bake Off, a programme I've only seen clips of. And I've only watched seconds of it because I like Mel. Do I like Mel or do I like Sue? I like Mel. I like Mel. Mel's nice. I like both of them. They're nice. I've worked with them. They're lovely. But I, I like Mel. I'm glad she's on telly. But I, the, the concept of a programme where they just make posh cakes doesn't work for me. Anyway, Mary Berry was in Strictly Come Dancing this weekend, bursting out of a cake. That's front page news, according to the Daily Mail. Well, for the Daily front Mail readers, that is front page news. Front page news. Everyone loves Mary Berry. Do they? Yeah. There's another story in here. You spotted this one. Trouble brews over shoppers paid to ask stores for Thai food. A <laughs> uh, surefire way to increase your popularity is to give the impression you're in demand. Now, trouble is brewing over claims that just such a strategy has been used to promote Thai food tea. So basically, a, a marketing company working for Thai food tea paid people, I think, quite a good price. £1.50 a call or £2.50 a letter to get in touch with Sainsbury's and Tesco's and things. Say, oh, you're not stocking Thai food tea. Could you do that, please? So, and there's Some now stealth well, manipulation. There's, there's outrage around it, but is that, is that is that such a problem? I don't well, it is if you're buying stocking that no one's really going to buy. If you just do, if you're just asking for it for the um, on behalf of the advertisers. What are the main? Who are the main leaders in tea, PG Tips? I suppose these PG days tips. is it? Oh, okay, right, right. Um, this is in the um, in the Sun. RAF women in March compost fury erupted yesterday after it emerged three female RAF recruits got hundred thousand pounds each in compensation for having to march in step with their male colleagues. Hang on a second, what? I know. The women said it left them suffering spinal and pelvic injuries, but the payouts, more than troops get for losing an eye or a foot, were blasted as absurd. I have a problem with this, and, and I know we don't have the intricacies of it here. Um, this is women as well who are local, they may be listening, RAF Holton. But... We've been battling to be treated the same as the other recruits for years and years. Yeah. Don't give the the blokes who don't want women in the army and the and the forces to have equal um, equal duties. Don't give them the ammo for heaven's sake. I, I fear this is a bit of letting the side down. Girls. Hang on a second. Now, I've got a picture of them of these women or, or of women marching. They're wearing skirts. They're wearing skirts. Does that make a difference? They're wearing skirts and they've got a smaller um, uh, girt. They're not pencil skirts. But I think it's just because they're not as tall uh, or burly as the men was the argument. But I just think, oh, there are certain things that help in your fight for equality and certain things that don't. And if you're going to say that you can do the same duties, you've got to be able to keep up, surely. The guys were over six feet tall, says one of the women. So I was overstriding to march in step with them. Well, hang on a second. If If you haven't got the legs for it, love, then you shouldn't be there. What do they want to do? The men to slow down? Because yeah. if the men all slow down, they, the women surely probably want, they're not as effective. These women probably want segues. 
You know those things you stand on and wheel, wheel. They probably want those. I think it's yes, it's outrageous. I just fear it, it lets the side down somewhat. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to uh, uh, give us a call about that or anything else at all, you can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR. Or if you wanted to, you could send us a text eight one three double three. Start your text Three uh, CR. I, I, no, I'm not a massive T Rex fan, but I've just read a book about Mark Boland. So should we have a little bit of T Rex? Go to, on then. Why not? Let's get in the vibe, shall we? Now, as part of uh, the BBC Three. County's Big Tour. We visit a different every town in Beds, Hearts and Bucks, covering the stories from there that matter to you. Well, this week we're in Leighton Buzzard, but a couple of weeks ago we were in Welland Garden City, where you may remember a peasant's revolt was being set up by residents who'd received a letter from Lord Salisbury to say he had rights to their land. Well, on Saturday, they took their revolt further and staged a protest outside the Lord's home of Hatfield House. Our reporter, Matt Lockwood, was there. We wish you a Merry Christmas. 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 So wish us a Merry Christmas. So wish us a Merry Christmas. So wish us a Merry Christmas. The sound of Christmas cheer, Peasants Revolt style. Organisers were expecting at least 50 people here today. The crowd is made up of homeowners, concerned residents waving various placards all with a Christmas theme make it right for Christmas give us peace of mind this Christmas well I don't know but some folks say I don't know but some folks say every dog will have his day every dog will have his day we're making our way towards Hatfield House uh, gives me a chance to speak to some people on the protest today. I mean, why did you feel you had to come down? I believe very strongly that the estate should have considered that they don't refer to open fields and farmland anymore. They refer to real people with real homes and feelings, and it's a disgrace that they should have been allowed to happen. I don't believe that he's going to come along with bulldozers, but um, there are possible consequences now because this whole thing has caused a bit of a blight really on our homes as far as we're concerned and we we really want something done about it it's just unjust i don't know but it's been said i don't know but it's been said ancient laws are good and dead ancient laws are good and dead our rights uh, our home our freehold is there if there are any minerals under our property then we should have them but Lord Salisbury's not going to come is he and start digging up your garden to find these minerals no but what about in a hundred years time the Salisbury estate may still may claim then people in Welling Garden City need to know though that there are hundreds potentially hundreds of homes who haven't had a notice from the land registry because they're leasehold and they think they're not affected and this is not true oh what joy oh what happy Salisbury goes our way I just had the most ridiculous. I mean, uh, oh, good drums, Dave. Thanks. The most ridiculous argument with Kelly Betts. Kelly, what, what were you saying? That guy, Dave. Yes, it's Dave Clark. Is he the one from Dave, Dicky, Dick, and Dom dish? What was it? Nish, Tom, Dooley, and Mary. No. What were di- they? Try one more time. Dave, Dick, Dv. <laughs> Dom and Dash. Yeah. No, David Dozy Bick and Mick and Titch. No, yep, that's, that's Dave. Pretty much what I said. Yeah. Right, the, okay. Yeah, that's da- and that's Dave Clark 5. Right. Right. Just checking. But what was the question that you Did asked? Did he buy the rights to music television? Like music videos? Who? Um, Dave Clark 5. How? What do you mean buy the rights to music television? I don't television? Really know. It's just something that I heard. So that I if thought- a pop band makes a video, he owns it? Um, yes, back then when not many people did make videos. No. 
So he bought who, he bought Ready Steady Go, which is a cereal. Did you see, Catherine? This is what we have to deal with every day. I'm looking forward to having two weeks off over Christmas. Are you having two weeks off? Yeah. Yeah, right, you enjoy some. that. You enjoy that. Well, are you not having any time off, you two? I'm working Christmas Day. Sucker, Catherine. No, don't want to. Well, you're so if the road to uh, management are listening... Yeah, yeah, Catherine, sorry, she wouldn't shut up there. What was going I'm on? I'm left with this. Oh, sorry about that. Merry Christmas, suckers. <laughs> so he didn't buy the oh, rights for goodness sakes, go away. Travel news from Deary This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Oh, Alice. Yes. Did you enjoy the Doctor Who fiftieth um, uh, anniversary at the weekend? I did. Although I have to admit, I fell asleep after about half an hour. So, you, you fell asleep. I'm afraid so. Oh, for goodness! I've gone right off. Right, right, can we get? Can we get someone else? I've gone right off, Alice. Thank you, Alice. Excellent stuff. <laughs> Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Can you believe it's Monday the 25th of November? One month to go. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited. Lots coming up on the show between now and 8 o'clock, including local MP Dominic Grieve is in hot water. Over the weekend, he said that uh, there was... Uh, uh, co- uh, corruption was rife within the Pakistani community. Well, he's now backed down. But... Corruption, the favour culture he mentioned, surely that's rife in British society as well, isn't it? We'll be discussing that with a couple of uh, people in a few moments. Tufty, the Green Cross Codeman and Alvin Stardust, we need to bring them back. We've totally forgotten how to cross the road and prefer to play the human version of Frogger rather than Stop, Look and Listen. And front page of one of the newspapers, in lots of the others... There are still some of you out there who prefer maps over satellite navigation systems. I can't believe that for a second. Really? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, one of our MPs, uh, local MPs, is in hot water this morning for comments suggesting that corruption is endemic in the Pakistani community. He said it was elsewhere, apart from the Indian community, uh, but he did single out the Pakistani community. The Attorney General and MP for Beaconsfield, Dominic Grieve, has since apologised for, uh, for telling the Telegraph it, made, it must be made absolutely clear that a favour culture is unacceptable in Britain. Well, there's division this morning among me- uh, leading members of Luton's Asian community. Joining me now are Labour Councillor Wahid Akbar and the Chairman of Community Cohesion Group Building Bridges. Uh, good morning to both of you. Good morning, Jack Barkhan. Good morning. Uh, Wahid, let's start with you first. Why were you so offended when Dominic Grieve said that uh, there was corruption within the Pakistani community? Yeah, good morning. Um, I think um, he's so, res- uh, you know, this uh, position is so responsible position and he shouldn't be saying that kind of um, remarks uh, to uh, one community or any other community. Why, why, why not? Because there is corruption so within the Pakistani community, isn't there? provide any evidence of that. So you're saying there's no corruption within the Pakistani community? No, there might well be corruption in any, any other community, I think. I would say it's not only Pakistani community, there are many other communities. So why is he targeting one community? 
he did, uh, or at least in the article, I don't know if this came from him, it did cite one example, didn't it, of a councillor uh, in Slough who allegedly uh, used corruption to get elected. I've been to Pakistan, I worked in Pakistan for three months, and I certainly saw corruption on a very low level, and also with members of the police force and uh, prominent politicians. Yes, um, uh, I think there is, um, yes, I can say that there is uh, corruption, but uh, he cannot generalise to all the members of the community. What do you think should happen to Dominic Grieve, Wahid? I think he should resign. You not think that's a little bit extreme? No, I think that he should be learn. He should learn the lesson. Uh, Akbar, you um, you agree with what Dominic Grieve said, don't you? I agree to the extent, uh, Ian, that he has uh, raised an uh, important issue and uh, there is enough evidence out there uh, about uh, uh, malpractices adopted by uh, Pakistani uh, politicians uh, in local elections uh, in uh, 2007 and 2011. About uh, a dozen and a half people were sent to prison um, uh, in Birmingham, um, Slough, and Peterborough for uh, for indulging into malpractices uh, during those elections. But was Dominic Grieve right to to single out the Pakistani community because there is corruption within other communities as well, isn't there? Including the white British communities. Well, there is, there is, I agree. There is there's corruption ev- everywhere. But uh, I, I feel he he made uh, these comments on the back of the evidence that he had in front of them. Now. We need to uh, take this into account that uh, Dominic Grieve is a very important member of uh, of the government. He is uh, the highest law inf- uh, enforcement officer, and he he is uh, he is a, a very 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 clever an intelligent politician and he wouldn't be saying things just for the sake of it. Well, hang on a second. Very, very clever, intelligent politicians have said ridiculous things in the past. Akbar, uh, Wahid believes that um, uh, Dominic Grieve should resign. What, what would you say to that? No, no. Uh, he has withdrawn his comments He's, um, and uh, that should be enough uh, and uh, we should move on. Is that enough, Wahid? He's withdrawn uh, his no, comments. I think it's not enough because uh, uh, one is, uh, yeah, I think he he wanted to make the comments, and he made those, those comments. And uh, you know, if so, you somebody slapping uh, on somebody's face and then apologizing, that's not good enough. Akbar, your response? Uh, my response is that we need to move on from this situation. An issue, an issue has been rightly raised, and we need to look. We, as the community, need to look at the uh, at practices which are prevalent within our societies, and be it uh, the political field, or be it uh, charities that uh, which are um, being run and managed by by our communities. Uh, there is there are there is a lot of malpractice uh, in in both these fields and uh, uh, we should be bringing them up to the scratch and uh, bringing them up, up, up to the British standards. We are not living in Pakistan and we are not living uh, in, in India and, uh, and East Africa. Councillor, uh, the Mr Khan there suggesting that, you, that the Pakistani community needs to step up to the British standards. I think every community should be actually, you know, should, should have some integrity and some malpractice. If there are any malpractices in the community or in the country that should be dealt and um, um, uh, the, the referral made to 
uh, slough and other, you know, the uh, malpractices in uh, local elections. I think that have been dealt and very seriously, and they have been imprisoned. And similarly, if somebody commits any offence, that should be punished. Severely. Wahid, was he racist oh, for what he suggested? Some, you know, you, you mentioned about Pakistan malpractices are in Pakistan. I think that is, yes, there, there should be. There, there are malpractices in Pakistan, but the, we cannot actually imply those, apply those uh, malpractices here. Wahid, was he racist for what he suggested? Sorry? Yeah. That, that, that was a racist comment? That is completely racist. I don't agree with that. Uh, I think uh, it was it was uh, a genuine uh, uh, attempt to raise an issue uh, and profile of the issue, and uh, which he has done. And uh, uh, he uh, somehow, I think, the political convenience has come in again, and uh, he has been made to shut up and uh, withdraw from his position. I would have liked him uh, to be part of this conversation and, uh, today, and uh, he might have come up with uh, with more evidence uh, uh, to back up. Uh, what he has said, but uh, there you go. These are the that's that's politics. He apologised, Akbar. What do you think about that? Uh, well, yeah, I, I personally feel that he has been made to apologise. Uh, the heavies in the in the Conservative office have come down on him in a very strong um, manner and uh, and uh, said, "Look, there are there are votes at stake." Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, we sh- you should not be talking in these terms. As I said, Dominic Grieve is is not an ordinary minister. He, he is uh, a very important member, and he wouldn't have said the thing he said without evidence. And uh, I am, uh, uh, it's it's very very sad that uh, he has been ma- made to back down from, uh, from from what he has said. I think it's it's a genuine issue which needs to be discussed all over the country. And one way of discussing this issue is Ian that uh, the government should set up a short commission to look at seven seven. What happened seven seven? Who promoted 7-7 and, uh, and the, both communities the effectees and, and, and those who were involved need a closure on this and we need to invest uh, go into and have a look into this area of community life uh, the, the Akbar, um, yeah. the councillor Akbar uh, thinks that he was being racist when I he said this. So. I don't think so. Um, I have observed uh, Dominic Green uh, as, a, as, a, as a politician for many years, and he is an articulate person. I think he it, it could have. I'm sure he must have, have evidence to say what he has said, and. Uh, at the same time, we are accepting that uh, um, half a dozen people were sent to prison for a long time for malpractices in local elections, and we need to move move away from those situations and give uh, give give young people time. Uh, Councillor, uh, hang, uh, hang on one second. Uh, there, uh, there is another. Akbar, uh, one second, because Wahid wants to come in. Wahid, the point is, um, if he has evidence, why he hasn't provided any evidence? And uh, I don't think that uh, he has any evidence. The evidence he gave the example of a couple of examples, Slough or Peterborough or Birmingham, uh, they, they have been properly dealt with uh, by the law force agency and by the courts. And why he is actually generalizing all the, you know, the Pakistani community, that is, I think, racist. He has intentionally actually damaged this community. 
I, I don't, I, I, I don't uh, go, go down that route uh, because uh, uh, I don't buy this argument and I, uh, and I don't follow this log- uh, logic that the whole world is against the Pakistani community. And the Pakistani but the, but if the whole world isn't against the, the, the Pakistani community, yeah, of course not. But do you, not, do you not think, oh, Mr... Think that what, what he said, he said that this is Pakistani community is corrupt. Yeah, but Mr. Khan, Mr. Khan, the whole world, gentlemen, hang on a second. The whole world may not be against the Pakistani community, Mr. Khan, but there are there are some that are, and some that are undecided. And the talk like this from Mr. Grieve isn't going to help, is it? No, no. But but he has raised an issue, right? And we as a community must accept and deal with these these kind of issues. I mean, when people talk about uh, evidence, well, what more evidence? Uh, which other members of the community have been convicted in that high number for, for these electoral frauds? OK, gentlemen, we have to end it there. Thank you very much. The last voice you heard was Akbar Khan, uh, chairman of Community Cohesion Group Building Bridges, and the other voice you heard was Labour councillor Wahid Akbar. A couple of things, I suppose. Was Dominic Grieve... Was he racist? Let's, let's put that out there first. That's a nice, simple one. Was it, was it a racist suggestion that... Uh, that um, corruption is rife within the Pakistani community. 08459 455 555. Uh, Is it divisive? Should he have apologised? Keen to get your thoughts on this, whatever side of the fence you are sitting on. Now, crossing the road, it's something very, very simple, yet so many people fail to do it properly. You'll have seen it, won't you? I saw this at the weekend. This always confuses me. I was at a zebra cro- in my car at a zebra crossing. There were people crossing the road ten feet away with kids. And you think, a oh, flipping heck. Walk the ten feet. What, it's going to add an extra 30 seconds on your day? It's a simple thing to do. Or the, the worst thing is mums. It's always mums who, if they want to cross the road to stop the traffic, they uh, uh, put the, the front couple of wheels in the road. No, 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 no. Now, we took great pride in teaching our eldest boy uh, his, zebra, his Green Cross code when he was... Well, it was when we, we lived in London, so he, he, was, he just turned three. We taught him the Green Cross code. He forgets it sometimes. Uh, he doesn't do it quite right sometimes still. But he knows it, and he does it most of the time. So why aren't you teaching your kids or your grandkids, and, and, and why aren't you doing it? There's been another accident on the A505 in Luton, a stretch of road where people constantly ignore pedestrian crossings and underpasses, preferring instead to run the gauntlet. Well, Justin Dealey, our reporter, you've been observing traffic on the A505 over the weekend, haven't you? Ian, I've got to say, I saw some shocking things here over the weekend. Um, Two examples for you. I saw three children, they could be no more than, what, ten years old, and they were running the gauntlet. They had traffic lights to their left-hand side, they had an underpass to their right-hand side, they ignored both... Two of them got across, they left one behind. I could do nothing. It was horrifying watching this. I think anybody who knows the A505 in Luton will know that the people do not stick to 30 miles per hour, more like 40 or 50. They slow down for the speed cameras and then speed up again. But also, two parents who unfortunately couldn't speak to me because they couldn't speak English, but they were running the gauntlet. They had their children in pushchairs. 
Can you believe that? And they were crossing the road. Just incredible. But I did manage to speak to a few pedestrians who ignored the crossing and the underpass, and I spoke to them. Here's what happened. So I just saw you cross the road there without using the traffic lights or the underpass. It's a really patronising question, but can I ask why you didn't use the, the, the facilities that are there? Um, right up there, mate. Up the top of the road there. I should do, really, but it's just easier to cut the cross that way. I mean, when you were crossing the road, did you not think this is a bit dangerous? It's a very fast road. I know it's 30, but people don't stick to that limit, do they? I can cross the road. I'm uh, across the road without... Uh, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I know across the road, all right? Mm. I've never been knocked over yet. Um, but no, I mean, I could use the underpass, but it's, it takes me a bit out of my way, to be truthful. I mean, there's talk of potentially having campaigns on TV on how to teach people how to cross the road. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would be a waste of time? No, I did it when I was growing up. I had the Green Cross Coast. So uh, no, do no harm. Kids should learn. I teach my kids out across the road, and we we always cross on the proper crossings, and always wait for the green man, even if it's clear as well. So, but they can't see me doing this right now. <laughs> Faye, you've just crossed this road. There's an underpass over there. There's traffic lights to our right-hand side. Why didn't you use them? Because this is just well, they should have a crossing here, perhaps. The opening's there for it. There's a crossing there, though, literally 50 yards to our right-hand side. But it's not where I need to get to. I need to get to there. I'm sorry if I sound patronising here, but do you not think what you just did was extremely dangerous? It was perhaps extremely dangerous. In hindsight, yes. And you do that all the time, do you? I am afraid I do. Yes, I do. Andrew, you're quite interesting because you were about to cross the road, thought about it, and now you're about to use the underpass, aren't you? Yes, I am. Partly for my own safety, partly because the route where I want to go, the underpass is the easiest route to get to there without crossing the road as it is. I've just seen a number of people cross this road without using the underpass or the traffic lights. Do you think those people are crazy? Because it is quite a fast road. Yes, there, there is no doubt that they're crazy. I'm, I'm in a high-vis jacket and I still wouldn't, uh, wouldn't risk it if I didn't need to. It, uh, it, there are some really... I don't want to be rude. I will be. There's some really ignorant people there. Mm. Just Listen, we've all done it. We've all done it. But, but, but... Uh, we, the, the, I've kind of stopped recently because... I'm saying that, someone's going to spot me today crossing the road when I'm not meant to and phone in. I know it's always the danger of doing this uh, mm. uh, this kind of thing. Do we uh, do we need, do you think, the, the, the Green Cross Code man to come back? Absolutely. Mind you, in saying that, of course, and the two people I spoke to um, that, that did cross this road, their course would have grown up with that campaign. But from what I saw here over the weekend, I was shocked. Um, I've got to be honest with you because it's an incredibly fast road. What these people were doing was was very, very dangerous. And these people are doing this all the time. You know, these people aren't just crossing the road as a one-off. They're saying, well, the traffic lights are there. Yeah, they're 50 yards away. It's not a case of you walking 50 minutes out of your way. From what I saw over the weekend, Ian, it doesn't surprise me that a number of people have crossed this road and have been run over as well. J-Doc, thank you very much indeed. Joining me now is the president of the AA, Edmund King. Good morning, uh, Edmund. Good morning. Would you like to see a return to the road safety advert? on the TV? Well, yes, I, I think we would. And also, broader than that, a return to having more about road safety in the national curriculum for school children. Because road safety and staying safe on the roads, whether as a pedestrian, a cyclist, or indeed in a car, it is incredibly important. In fact, for young teenagers it is the biggest cause of accidental death is actually on the roads whether as a pedestrian or in a car so i think it's actually vital that that we do more in school and then that could be linked to a green cross code with uh, advertisements etc to to 
spell home to people what the real dangers are on the roads and and despite our improving road safety record there still are real dangers jaywalking is uh, an offense in some parts of the states should we have something like that over here i don't think we need to go that that far um you know in in the united states in in california for instance you you can be on a fairly quiet road and there's no cars at all around and if you're seen crossing that road not at a crossing uh you you can get a fine for that i think that's perhaps going too far and um, but what we need to do is get that balance between having safe pedestrian crossings in in places that are convenient but also the balance depending on the road on on keeping the traffic flowing because obviously some roads which are bus routes or through routes you need to keep that traffic flowing whereas other roads that are closer to residential areas closer to schools offices it it is easier to put in more crossings and safer crossings There, there was a bit of a debate last week um from the organisation Living Streets about whether our crossings give you enough time to cross the road and they were saying some elderly people are intimidated well there's a way around that because puffin crossings are the type of crossings that have an infrared camera and actually detect when the pedestrian is there and indeed when they're not there we, we all know the occasions when school kids may press the button and then walk away and these kind of crossings actually detect that so they're much more efficient so one of the things we're calling for is more of those puffin crossings I, are they a new i've never heard the term puffin crossing yeah you've probably seen them the, the difference is that pelican crossings when you actually press it on a pelican crossing you look on the other side of the road and you see the green man on the other side of the road and it gives you a set time right puffing crossings you press it on your side of the road and you only have the green man on your side of the road so when you look across the road you don't see anything because it gives you as much time as it takes to cross the road and you know that 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 is safer and also is more efficient for cars because if no one's crossing the road um cars aren't held up as long so i think that that's something that would help both pedestrians and and indeed drivers edmund thank you very much indeed uh, that was the president of the aa dear listener not just some lackey not just some pr puff person the president of the aa edmund king how cool is that that's cool, isn't we it? We have the power. We do. Does it? We have the power. Those three magic letters: B, B, and um, oh yeah, C. Uh, you taught your kids the Green Cross Code, haven't you? Yes. Do they always remember it? Very simple. Hold my hand when we're near the road. Look for the stripes. Well, you hold their hand, do you? You have to no, hold I'm their teasing. hand. I'm teasing, of course you do. But my boy loves it. He loves doing the, um, the, the, the stopping, and he looks like this. He looks a little bit too fast. And he's <laughs> he, doing that the whole way across. He's doing the motion. He's doing the motion. But, it, it, I mean, he's, he's three. He's not going to go out and cross the road on his own for quite a few years. But that's now in him. He knows it. And when he does need to use it, he'll use it. I can't imagine anything worse. My friend got run over once. He was fine. He was fine. He went to hospital, but he, he, he was, unfortunately wasn't killed. But uh, I, I kind of, we all got him to describe being hit by a car. And he just said it was just the most amazing yeah. crack. That you could hear the sound, you know, you could feel the sound within him. I saw my friend get hit by a car oh, very, man. very slowly. Yeah. Um, but it was the most shocking thing. Yeah. And th- thankfully, she walked away from it. But um, terrifying, absolutely terrifying. I normally find those, I've always found those uh, kind of public safety uh, films quite patronising. Apart from one where some kids go and play in a barn in a farm and then an old steel mattress crushes them and kills them. That has, has, sta- I know, that has stayed with me forever. Very specific. I don't public remember that one. Oh, I remember it. It was terrifying. But I'm kind of thinking, 
maybe I need to be a little bit less cynical. The Green Cross Code Man, David Prowse, the, the Darth Vader... Is part of your makeup now, It's part we? of my genetic makeup. Alvin Stardust with his creepy finger. There was another <laughs> one. When, I, when well. I was a teenager, there were these little shoes that said, don't push me, because I'm, I'm close, close to, to the, the edge. edge. No, you may find that you'll lose your, your head. head. Exactly. Johnny was a fool. He didn't act cool. He walked on out. He broke every rule. He should have stopped. Look, listen, should have used his head. If you don't watch out, he's going to wind up dead. True. Based on a true story. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do we need to bring back those public safety information films? Part of me thinks we do. They may be silly. We may laugh at them, but it's right. It's ingrained in me because I saw it so many times. The worst thing is if you're driving through a big town, London being an example, but other towns, the towns within the three counties. Oh my! People just think because it's a big city. Oh, they can just walk out on the road. And if they raise their hand, their open palm at you, that has the power to stop a car. Let me tell you, kids, it don't. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, here's an interesting thing from David on the text. I think it's really bad manners not to thank drivers for stopping for you at zebra crossings. Just wave or a nod would do. Well, is it, David? Surely you have to stop at a zebra crossing, don't you? I stuck two fingers up at a fellow the other day. I know, I know, I work for the BBC. I'm probably not allowed to do that. He didn't stop at the zebra crossing. I'd taken three steps on the zebra... Two steps. Two steps on the zebra crossing. And he still didn't stop. Oh, I got angry. That annoys me. And another... Here's what annoys me. You see this a lot, right? There's a couple of people still at the side of a zebra crossing, so you slow down and you stop. You wait, and you wait. They just stood there having a chat. They don't realise they've stood at a zebra crossing. If you're stood at a zebra crossing, you better be wanting to cross that road, otherwise short shrift. I had one a few months ago where a group of guys started walking out, and one of them took deliberately long time to get across and started pretending he was looking at his watch. I think you're allowed, legitimately, to nudge them with your bumper, aren't you? don't think so, but I did get quite wound up. We'll verify that. Another thing we need to verify is why on earth is Kelly Betts working with us today? Has she been sent just to wind us up? What? You're really annoying me today. Uh, some things are... I just have questions I, was, I, I need to get I've got a question, and I'll be asking the boss about that question, and the question is, w- when will you... Get a transfer to Radio 1. I don't know, no, my hopes are on that as well. I don't want shoddy people working with me. <laughs> boy, oh boy, Kelly, you've, you were banging on about something about Dave Bong, Beezy, Bus and Bish-Bish. Mick and Titch. O- owning pop music earlier. And now, music during, the, during the news, I'm listening to Jane doing the news. By the way, Jane, it's only her second week. Second or third week doing it here, cracking job. I, I think she's, she's fitting in well with the, in inverted commas, team. I use that word very, very loosely. Uh, and then you buzz through with the most ridiculous asinine question I've ever been asked. Go on. What's the Beatles song that goes, I'm gonna tell you. It starts like that. Do it, just sing that line again. Don't clip it. Don't clip it and play it, because oh, you're going to, it makes me not want to do it. I'm gonna tell that. There's well, a now, word there. Now you're singing, you are sing- I don't know the word. You're now singing Long Tall Sally, I think. Is that what it is? Well, I don't know, because... When you, you when you were doing it earlier, the first time she came through, she went, "What's that? What's that Beatles song that goes?" It's the same, but I just added some words. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Two things here. Firstly, can anybody else give Kelly Betts a job that will get rid of her? <laughs> and secondly, do you know what this song is? I got it. Unbelievable. It's all in the head movement as well. Yeah, she's, do she's doing a lot of head movements. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Thank you very much. Uh, indeed, later on in the show, we'll be talking about maps versus sat-navs. 
Doctor, well, quickly, I'll do some Facebook comments on that, and then we'll get to, uh, to my interview with Ollie Martins. Uh, Luan says, I use maps, and I don't get lost or sent miles out of my way and end up in a dead end. Well, listen, those idiots who blindly follow the sat-nav, my sat-nav is really old. It's got to be, it's got to be nine years old. I'm not paying to update the maps. So quite often, it will try and send me the wrong way up a one-way street, or there will be roads that have closed, or roads that aren't, whatever. You've got to take it with kind of a pinch of salt, don't you? You don't follow it blindly. Jackie says, I uh, always maps for me. Claire says, I love maps. You can't write on a sat-mav or mark places of interest. Yes, you can. You, you, you click the button that says places of interest. Oh, Sam says, yes, you can. William says, I always use maps. Sat-navs give a route, but a good map gives you a bigger picture. I don't want a bigger picture. I want to get from A to B. Forget C, D, E and F. And Drake says, I understand sat-nav for delivery drivers or people whose driving habits consist of driving to work or visiting the family. Don't need it. We normally print directions on an AA route finder. And then, so you're reading, so you're reading whilst you're driving? In worst cases, we use a phone to get a map. Oh, dear. Peter's in Warmer Green. Uh, on the subject of road safety, Peter. Um, well, your pedestrian crossing should all have lights, really. The push type, where a pedestrian can push a so red light shows, because that would save a lot of lives. More lives than you realise, really. Hang on, what, what do you mean lights? What, 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 traffic lights? Yeah. Well, even even some, zebra crossings? There are some on pedestrian crossings, but you should, they should all be like that, controlled. You just press a button so the red light shows. I don't think... You know that you, you press the button? Yeah. I don't. I think for about seventy percent of those, eighty percent of those, that button doesn't do anything. Oh yeah, it do, well I don't know about uh, the percentage, but I've seen the ones that work and they work very, very well. But if you look somewhere like the old Bailey, the traffic lights outside there, yes. I mean it, it, it looks horrendous for people crossing the road there. I yeah. tell you. So with with. Light, light on all pedestrian crossings, you would save an enormous number of lives. Now, listen, people have uh, have lost, lost their lives recently, so let's 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 tread slightly carefully. But do, do you have much sympathy for, for pedestrians if, if they're not if they're just running out into the road? Well, they've got as much. Well, yeah, you'll always get idiots, but then again, I treat every other driver on the road as an idiot. Well, yes, so, and furthermore, I won't put a sat nav in there because that's also done by an idiot. Oh. <laughs> Peter, well, it's going off on a slight tangent. I don't know if you heard Kelly Betts singing the line from a Beatles song earlier on. Kelly, could you just give Peter uh, that line from the Beatles song, please? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know what that is? No. <laughs> do, do, can, Kelly, do it one more time. But I forgot how it goes. Just, just give, give, give um, me a best shot. <laughs> do you know a song that goes... <laughs> no, I lived through that era and yeah. I can't remember. Well, pro- pro- probably, uh, probably not then, Peter. If you lived through it, <laughs> then uh, it, it would certainly be tough. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Mark's in Bedford. Morning, Mark. Good morning, sir. You think you know this song. Kelly, one more time. <laughs> you know that, do you? Well, I think it's You're Gonna Lose That Girl by the Beatles. No, it can't be. Yeah, I think so. Maybe, because you're gonna lose that girl. <laughs> let's, well, let's, I've got that song queued up. Let's have a listen. You think it's this. Do, do it again, Kelly, then we'll go into it. You're gonna lose that girl. Oh, no, that's not it. There's nothing like it. You're gonna lose No, it's, no. M- it's more a... <laughs> right, all together, at the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> Any other suggestions, Mark? Mm, no. Okay, no, thank you. Probably, no, you're going to lose that girl. It's probably a good, a good song, though. No. Oh, it's a good song. Oh, it's just yeah. not the right song. Oh, it's a cracking song. No one's denying that. 
Thank you very much, Mark. We'll, we'll keep looking. 08459 four double five five double five. Now, as part of BBC Three Counties Radio Big Tour, we go to a different town in Beds, Hearts and Bucks every week, covering the stories that matter to you. Well, this week we're in Bev- the Bedfordshire market town of Leighton Buzzard. Windows in many of the town's banks remain boarded up after a man went on the uh, rampage in the middle of the night, smashing the glass. Everyone wanted to talk about this, and they linked it back to a lack of police on the streets. Well, we've covered the story of the possible closure of the police station in the town, and again, this was the main topic of conversation for people in Leighton Buzzard. So, I went to visit the town with Bedfordshire's PCC, Ollie Martins, to find out for myself what was going on. So, I'm outside Leighton Buzzard Police Station on what is a very bright but a very cold day. And I say cold, it's very, very cold. Uh, Paul Scoynes, the political reporter, is here as well. Morning, Paul. Morning. Uh, You you have spent the night with Bedfordshire Police, haven't you? Yeah, from uh, Leighton Buzzard. We went out on some sort of routine patrols, but they were fairly proactive. So, they're going out looking for known burglars and areas where there have been known burglaries and are sort of laying in wait. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. We're also joined uh, by Ollie Martins, the Police and Crime Commissioner. Morning, Ollie. Hi, Ian. What's, what's the plan for this police station? In the long term, we want to move to shared premises with the fire brigade and the council. In the short to medium term, we're probably going to find something that's a bit smaller than this site, but in a more accessible and more prominent location in the town centre. The mayor's not very happy, is she? No, but uh, I think the mayor's got her own agenda. What might that be? Uh, it's a little political. Some of the residents aren't happy as well. We have had callers to the, sh- the, the show saying that they're, they're not keen. What would you say to them to put their mind at ease? Well, I would say that there is always going to be a permanent police footprint in the town. This station is only 10% occupied and it's burning an 83 grand a year hole in my pocket. So we need to be somewhere that's more cost effective. You know, Leighton Buzzard is 6% of the county's population, but only 4% of the crime. So it is a pretty safe place. Most crime is reported using 101. That's right. how the vast majority of people uh, report crime uh, generally. This station is only receiving at most between three and four callers a day. Let's, should we cross over here? Uh, how often is that proactive policing Paul saw last night happening? Was that, was that a special show for him or is, is that a regular occurrence? No, this is an ongoing operation that uh, is run almost on an annual basis because the police have recognised that there's historically a spike in crime when the clocks change. Is uh, there? Yeah, yeah. How, how, how is that? Darker nights lend themselves yeah. to going and burgling. Okay. Now, Ollie, we're in the, we're in the centre of town. It's very nice. We're approaching the HSBC uh, bank, which has got a, a, a boarded-up window. There was an incident, wasn't there, recently? What happened? I understand someone who'd consumed rather too much alcohol went rampaging down the street and basically smashed seven windows. It was banks, it was an estate agent, it was reported at 2.20, I think, in the morning. The response time was 2.30, 10 minutes. That's pretty good going, isn't it? You know, it was not a very pleasant thing to happen for the town but uh, the police were here and dealing with it in pretty short order could always be a little bit faster but no i think that's i think that's pretty good let's have a little walk down the the, the street and let's if it's okay with you if we just approach a couple of people and see kind of what's on their mind really yeah that's no problem 
Chaps, you've got a couple of seconds. We're from BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you know who this who this gentleman is? Uh, no idea. Sorry. This this is Ollie Martins. This is your police and crime commissioner. All right. You don't recognise him? No, no. Do you know what? Do you know what one is? Uh, police and crime commissioner. Something to do with crime. Chaps, thank you very much for your time. I just wondered if you recognise this gentleman at all. Police commissioner. Wow, very good. Are you happy? with the job that's being done by the police at the moment? Have you got any concerns? Well, we seem to be without proper cover in the town like we used to have. Used to have a policeman walking past our house, only, only occasionally. But, you know, you've got to know the local, the local neighbourhood Bobby. Well, what would you say to that? Well, unfortunately, police visibility is what reduces uh, when you're having to take £25 million out of your budget. Um, or 25% out of your budget. Um, but I'm very aware that that is the largest concern that a lot of people have in the county. And as I say, that's why I saved the PCSOs, that's why we're recruiting 80 frontline officers, and it's why I want to double the size of the special constabulary. So yeah, but there's going to be more PCSOs and special constables walking around. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah nice. I mean, we used to know the local Bobby when I came here. And you walk down the street, you say, chop now, have a chat with him. Any concerns? Um, but these days, you know, you see a car going by with its blue light on. It's a, I think it's a reasonably safe town. Every do you think Ollie's doing a good job? He hasn't been in long enough, really, to, to <laughs> do it. He hasn't been in 12 months yet, has he? Or about 12 months, I suppose. You know. Get, 12 months today I took office. Get your, feet under, get your feet under the table. I just wondered, do you recognise this gentleman at all? I do. Who is it? I've no idea. <laughs> But you recognise him? Yeah. This is Ollie Martins. This is your police and crime commissioner. Oh, is it? I do know you. Have you been in the paper? I get in the paper a fair amount, yeah. yeah. I've never had to use the police station myself personally, but I do know... <laughs> I do know that we um, we do... Um, that, that we have a bit of a problem at weekends with, uh, with the youngsters in the town. What kind of happens? Just, just kids getting drunk and making yeah, a lot of noise? Yeah, having an 18-year-old on myself, it's... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that he was protected in some way. It was an incident recently. I don't know where, where a gentleman got drunk and ran down the high street half past two in the morning. Son. No, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> Good. We could strike him off your list, Ollie. Smashing seven or eight windows along the high yeah. street. I mean, that stuff must be kind of worrying. Yeah, and the other thing, I mean, I'm very uh, conscious of the police helicopters flying over above it quite often as well, and it's usually at weekends and stuff. So, yeah, so I want the more policemen around, uh, particularly at weekends, it would be really good. The, the, uh, weekends, the drunken revellers, is there anything more you can do? I mean, is it practical to have a, an actual police presence out on the street? Well, I mean, at the moment, a lot of police resources are deployed at the weekend and a lot of the special constables the volunteer police officers also get used at the weekend uh, to police what they call the nighttime economy and you know Leighton buzzard is on is on the list so there's there's a van that that will be around you know most friday and saturday nights is he, is he doing a good job do you think uh, I, th- um, I think we're okay we're not that we're not that bad in Leighton buzzard I, th- I think generally speaking i think it's, it's, it's quite a nice town and it's um i, I don't think we're really as bad as places like dunstable or luton or anything so just just keep your eye on this lady's son <laughs> yeah just keep him in the eye he wants to be a policeman so this is the guy you need to speak I know, to i do yeah no, he's, he's, he's in the uh, sixth form at the moment but he's, he, he desperately wants to be a policeman so why does he want to be a policeman when there are cutbacks being made and, and know, why does he want to he's very aware that it's going to be very very difficult for him to actually get him but he, he just really really wants to be a policeman he has done for years and i think it's just about he's he's very good with people he's he likes working with people so yeah so i wish him the best luck thanks very much much. right i need your help with this i'm gonna text excuse me from phil ian as a driver you only have to stop at a zebra crossing if a pedestrian is already on it 
Waiting by the side of the crossing isn't a signal for traffic to stop. We all just do it out of courtesy. I don't think that's right. I think it's a legal requirement, isn't it? To stop? Right, dear listener, can, can, we, can we have someone thumbing through their highway code for us, please, and then give me a call? 08459 455555. If you see someone standing at the side of the road, standing at the side of a zebra crossing specifically, you do have to stop, don't you? Don't you? Uh, and Debbie says uh, on the text in Houghton Regis, there are half a dozen crossings in close proximity to each other. Cars are not stopping even when people are on them. One stopped for me and I was halfway across when another totally ignored me and crossed inches from my face. 08459 four double five five double five. Now, as part of the BBC Three Counties Big Tour, we visit a different town every week in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. This week we're in Leighton Buzzard, and uh, if you've got a story for us you think we should be uh, talking about Leighton Buzzard, then give us a call. But a couple of weeks ago, we were in Welland Garden City, where you may remember a peasant's revolt was being set up by residents who received a letter from Lord Salisbury to say he had rights to their land. On Saturday, they took their revolt further and staged a protest at the Lord's home of Hatfield House. But it confused some visitors who were attending the Christmas fair there this weekend. I haven't got a clue. What's it for? We've just arrived for, for this. Are you, local, are you local residents? No. No, no that's probably why they wouldn't. But I am a local resident and What's no, it? I didn't know anything about it. So I do now. <laughs> What's it about then? What's it about? As I understand, it's something to do with fracking and. What's fracking? Manorial rights. Oh, Drilling no. for the, the <laughs> gas, you know, that's causing... They're going to uh, damage the countryside, they say. And, but it's, it's supposed to be the future for um, gas energy. Yeah. Gas energy yeah. Well, we can catch up now with the leader of that group, Amanda White. Amanda, nice to speak to you again. Yeah, good morning. How did it go at the weekend? It was a great success, actually. We, uh, we had uh, sort of up to 50 people at various times of the day, all with placards and... Um, marching up and down, bit of singing. I think you played some of. We our... heard what fine voice you were in. <laughs> well, we, we we wanted it to be good natured because it was our ask nicely uh, march. You give the marquis a chance to be benevolent and and give us back our peace of mind. So for for those people who who, who haven't been following this story, and there were, there were some people there obviously who didn't quite know what this was about. Just sum up very briefly what what your problem is. Uh, our problem is um, that the Lord of the Manor, uh, that's uh, Lord Salisbury, has registered his ancient manorial rights over our land, which includes technically the right to hunt, fish, shoot and to dig for minerals on privately owned property. This is not, a, not an issue of ownership. We own the land and indeed uh, as freeholders. Um, were there people approaching you at the weekend saying, what's going on here? What's this all about? Yeah, there, there were a lot of people because we did time this to coincide with the, with the Christmas fair, so there'd be a lot of cars in and out. Uh, we want to spread the word. Um, we had pe- There were traffic you know, queuing up to go in and people saying, what's this all about then? And we want to spread the word nationwide because we're not the only area. There's been 82,000 of these notices issued. Nobody understands it. Uh, and a lot of people in Welling Garden City don't realise that they are affected. 
Did you get to speak to the Lord or, or any of his representatives? Uh, no, they oh. didn't actually come out. Although we have to say the, the estate was very uh, gracious and came out with coffee and oh. mince pies. Oh, no, Amanda, I hope you didn't accept it because they are trying to butter you up. <laughs> It'll take more than a mince pie to make me drop this one, I tell you. What's Oh, first mince pie of the year, lovely. What are you going to do now? What's the next next stage? Well, we're meeting again this evening, 7 o'clock at Stanborough School, uh, to pool our, our, our knowledge so far. This has been a, a tremendous information gathering uh, activity. Nobody had heard of manorial rights before. Uh, we've um, been in touch with uh, organisations like Liberty, who are interested in our case, uh, and we're pursuing uh, various avenues to challenge this legally. It, it, but we still hope that Lord Salisbury, with his three hundred million pound, uh, will give us just give it up, just give it up, give it back to us, give us peace of mind. But we're willing to take this to a legal challenge if necessary. Amanda, I appreciate your time. No doubt we'll speak to you again as we uh, follow this story closely. It's uh, uh, Amanda White. She, first mince pie of the year. I've not, I don't think I've had mine yet. Ooh. A month, 20, it's the 25th of November. It, it's Christmas, isn't it? It's officially we're in the Christmas season, aren't we? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Now, just a few minutes ago, I read a text from Phil. Let me just read this again. Ian, as a driver, you only have to stop at a zebra crossing if a pedestrian is already on it. Waiting by the side of a crossing isn't a signal for traffic to stop. We just all do it out of courtesy. I don't know if that's true. Richard in Winslow, is that true? Well, I certainly know that if someone is on a zebra crossing and you drive onto that zebra crossing, you have committed an offence. And if there's a copper standing nearby, he'll nick you for it. The problem is these days, not enough copper standing nearby. And I don't think that the PCSO can nick you, but he may be able to report you. Anyway, why are you picking on Kelly Betts? Because she what? can't remember that song. Sorry? What? Hang on a second. Why are you picking on Kelly Betts? Oh. Because she was singing, you're going to lose that girl because she was in a Scouse accent. He's not as bad as a Scouse accent from that football manager, Carl. Now I, now I know exactly how the Trojans felt. I've been given this wonderful great big wooden horse that's just turned up at <laughs> my gate. I've let it in without thinking anything of it. Suddenly Richard in Winslow pops out and starts having a pop at me. Kelly well, Betts has been trying... Have you heard Carl, the football manager? He was being interviewed about his football team one day. Yes. And he said, well, they played a blinder in the first half, but they slowed down in the second half. But that was due to tiredness and fatigueness. Sorry, I thought you were talking about a football manager, not Bernard Manning. Well, well I can't do a very good Scouse accent. You, it was supposed to be Scouse. Can, can, the reason, this is fatigueless. There's, there's the, reason, <laughs> uh, the reason I'm annoyed with Kelly is she's trying to... The, she wants to know what a Beatles song is. Leave the girl alone. Well, li- OK, you listen to this song and you tell me what it's supposed to be. Go on, Kelly. I'm going to say that. I'm going to lose that girl. It's no, not, it's no, no. not, I'm going to lose that girl. It's how it, it starts. It That's the beginning it's of the song. how it starts, isn't it, Kelly? N- no. Oh, for goodness sakes. Which one is it, I don't, then, Kelly? I don't know, that's what I'm trying to figure out, Richard and Winslow. Because he thinks I'm going to lose that girl. It's because he's in a scout accent. It's no, not... No, 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 we played the beginning R- of it, I'm going to lose that girl. What's going on with both of you? I'm trying to defend you here, girl. I know, and I really appreciate it. You've both just taken over my show. Could you both stop it, please? What are you up to, Richard? No, not. No, I think we do a good job, don't you, Kelly? I do, I think, yeah, thanks. Yeah. I'm going to... When you remember the song, Yeah. let me know. I will, I'll give you a call. I'm going to lose that girl. That's the one that goes to that tune that you're doing. You're going to lose that girl. Yeah, yeah. I know the exact one you mean, but it's not how it... it, The one I want about starts... I'm going to... Do you know what? It starts with just just vocals, and then the music comes in afterwards. Yeah. Well, I'm flummoxed. What are you doing today, Richard? Um, trying to listen to... 
There we go. I can only apologise. Kelly Betts wants more airtime. You can understand why she's not getting it. Joyce is in Leegrave. Good morning, Joyce. I'm sorry you had to listen to that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> OK, good morning. Good morning, Joyce. Um, yes, um, quite a lot of these uh, pedestrian crossings, you know when you press the button yes. on the box? Yes. Well, I don't know about the very, very modern ones, but get your little one to press the button, yes. Yes. And at the bottom... There we go. Underneath this box, yes. there's a little world screw, like the, a worm screw. Yeah, there's a little grooved cone, isn't there? And if they hold it, yes. when the little green man comes on, that will turn around. Yes. Because little toddlers then, they would be dying to do that. You're right. And that's, that's for, for, for um, blind and deaf people, isn't it? Yes, that's right. That's right. You see? Uh, Joyce, thank you. For, I, sorry to cut it short, but we're, we're running out of time. Yes, I'm always a big fan of that. You, you, you'll notice it now that it's been mentioned. There's a little grooved inverted cone on the bottom of the, the, the crossings. And when it's safe to cross, it spins. And that's how blind uh, and deaf people cross the road. You see? This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past eight, Monday the 25th of November, one month to go. Very, very excited. Lots coming up on the last hour of the show this morning, including local uh, uh, local MP Dominic Grieve is in hot water over his comments at the weekend saying that corruption was endemic within the Pakistani community. He since apologised, but was he right to say it? Or was it a racist statement? People have forgotten how to cross the roads. Do we need to bring back Alvin Stardust and the Green Cross Code Man? Do we knock some sense into these people? And sat-navs are better than maps. Well, that's according to me, but not according to quite a few of you. Is there anybody listening to this who will phone up and say, Yes, Ian, I still use a map. I don't have a satellite navigational system. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So we had a a, a text um, about crossing, zebra crossing from Phil. I I questioned the validity of what he had to say here. Ian, as a driver, you only have to stop at a zebra crossing if a pedestrian is already on it. Waiting by the side of the road uh, isn't a signal for traffic to stop. We just all do it out of courtesy. I dispute that. I think it's a legal requirement. David's in Hemel. Morning, David. Good morning. David, you've got the highway code with you. Yes, I have. Have you got it open to the appropriate paragraph? Yes, I have. Could you read it for us, please? It says, Rule 19, this is a zebra crossing, give plenty, give traffic plenty of time to see you uh, and about to stop before you start to cross. Vehicles will need more time when the road is slippy. Wait until traffic has stopped from both directions or the road is cleared before crossing. Remember that traffic does not have to stop until somebody has moved on to the crossing. Oh, 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 Philip, who sent in the text, you have my humblest apologies for doubting your words. There's also one for the drivers as well. Go on. It says, uh, you must give way when a pedestrian has moved onto the crossing. Ah, okay. And where there is a central reservation as classed as two separate zebra crossings. Oh. So if you get to the centre reservation, 
did you have a traffic has to stop you've got to start all over again yeah. I, I did well david did you realize that I knew that, yes, or I, oh. I always have known it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I must have known but it at I some point kid, in my life. I used to say you had to put your foot on the crossing for the traffic to stop. Gosh, that's like, suddenly it's out, the, the zebra crossings sound almost as dangerous as the zebra crossings on the continent yeah, that have I, no power whatsoever. No, but out of courtesy, most truck drivers do dr- stop anyway if they see somebody waiting. David, I appreciate you clearing that up. Thank you very much indeed. Phil, I'm sorry. I doubted your text. Sorry. I do like the zebra crossings in the continent. I was in uh, Zakynthos, Greek island, uh, in the summer, as always, and there was a terribly British couple, and the man was halfway across the zebra crossing, and a car just swerved round him. He went, oh, excuse me, I'm on a zebra crossing! I thought, you're in Greece, mate, ain't gonna work. They don't work, they're just lines painted on the road to look nice over here. Uh, Kelly Betts has been annoying me, but she's been uh, annoying me even more th- today because she's been trying to sing this. I'm gonna get Right, I- apparently it's a Beatles song. It is. It start, it's the start of a Beatles song. You reckon? Yep. Grant's in Milton Keynes. Grant, w- w- is it? Yes, it, well, it's, um, it's a long, tall Sally, but it's a kind of cover which the Beatles did. Do you know it? I, I do know it. And when I... Hang on a second. When I suggested long, tall Sally, she went, oh, no, it's not that. It's not that. She's listening to... Who said that? You said that. Is oh. that my voice? Oh, it's not that, Ian. It's not that. <laughs> well, let's hang on. Is, well, let's. I've, I've, let, we've got the song on the system. Let's have a listen. You're saying it's it's long tall Sally. Let's see if it's right. Yes. Oh well, that is nothing like. Yes. I'm gonna turn. <laughs> right. Okay. It's the same. It's the same. <laughs> it, it, it starts with I'm gonna. So yes. That's how yes. I knew it. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, let's let's look, uh, the count of three. Well, you can do Shall it. Shall I do with, it at the same the time? One, two, three. I'm gonna turn the mirror. Do you know what those words? Can, can you tell what those words are? He's actually singing. Um, go, go on, tell us. I think it's. I'm going to tell Aunt Mary about Uncle John. Oh, said he had to he visit, do? but he's had a lot of fun. I think he's having it's, a bit. Isn't of it. it all about? Isn't it all about? Um, it's all about sex, isn't it? Who's Sally then? Yeah, he's having an affair on the side or something. You know, he's, he's now, gone out playing around. Now, Grant, how how are you uh, come to your so au fait with the Beatles? So I'm in a Beatles tribute band. I'm actually John Lennon uh, in this Beatles band called hey, Ultimate Beatles. The Ultimate Beatles, dear listeners. What? When are you yeah. going to come in on a Friday morning then and do some songs for us? Um, probably never. Oh! Whoa, 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 hang on a second, why? Well, I did, you know, come in once. Well, there used to be a three counties in Milton Keynes. Yeah. And I sort of, uh, it was just a bit, you know, I, I sort of play with my boys. I need, I need, you know, Paul, Ringo and George. Well, get, get Paul, Ringo and George to come in on a Friday morning, Grant. I could be Lennon. I could be no, you. Grant's Lennon. Yeah, but he just no, no, he doesn't want to. Kelly, oh, I'm McCartney because of the vocals. Yeah. that I just based, did based on your vocals for long so, so Grant, you're, you're, you're denying us access to the Beatles. Um, trouble is, uh, oh. you know, we, we've got day jobs as well, oh, and it's sort of, I, know, I know it's a bit, it's a bit lame. It's a bit mm. lame. It's I'm a, just hearing excuses. I'm just hearing excuses. He's gone. He's out. He's out. Right. Well, let's let's. Right. In that case, what we'll do is we'll get a, a Rolling Stones tribute act in to and and we'll convert to the Stones, a band I detest, but we'll convert to the Stones. I think. Uh, Grant, thank you very much indeed for that. We've worked out what that that song is. Thank goodness. But we've uh, we've all uh, we've, we're going to start burning Beatles records. It's 1965 all over again. 
Now, a leading Luton Muslim says the Attorney General was right to suggest corruption is endemic in some ethnic minority uh, communities. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Let me just get to the right story, otherwise I'll, uh, it, will, it will be all over the shop. Hang on one second. Uh, Dominic Greaves' comments suggesting corruption is endemic in the Pakistani communities, uh, uh, comments which he's apologised, are splitting opinions among Luton's leading Asians. Here's what happened during my discussion earlier on in the show with Akbar Khan from Building Bridges and Borough Councillor Wahid Akbar. He wanted to make the comments and he made those comments and, uh, you know, if uh, you somebody slapping uh, on somebody's face and then apologising, that's not good enough. Uh, my response is that we need to move on from this situation. An issue, an issue has been rightly raised, and we need to look. We, as the community, need to look at the uh, at practices which are prevalent within our societies. We are not living in Pakistan, and we are not living uh, in in India and uh, and East Africa. Well, Sundar Katwala is the director of British Future and Identity and Integration uh, Think Tank. Good morning, Sunda. Good morning. What's your reaction to what Dominic Grieve? said that corruption is endemic within the uh, Pakistani community. Well, I, th- I think he's overgeneralised uh, with the use of the word endemic there, which is the reason I think that he's he's um, withdrawn somewhat what he said. But I think I think this argument about whether he should or shouldn't have said it or whether he should or shouldn't have apologised is getting a bit too heated. He is the Attorney General. He has a responsibility, I think, for um, overseeing you know the probity of uh, British law and elections are a very important part of that. So he should raise concerns that he's that he's got. He hasn't done this in a speech or an article. He's done it in an interview, and so I think. I think he's probably not put the point in exactly the way he'd like to and was a bit taken aback by the scale of the headlines. That well, he, if he is in a point of responsibility, generated. he does have to be um, uh, uh, very, very careful with what he says. And he did, uh, he said it was other groups, but he didn't name any other groups. In fact, he, he said it certainly wasn't the Indian community. Uh, and at times of, of perhaps slightly heightened tension against um, Pakistanis and, and uh, the, the majority of whom are Muslims, it, it would seem... It would seem a little careless, at the very least, wouldn't it, to say something like this? Well, but perhaps, but I, I think it's the balance between um, saying something, and I think the reason he's, uh, you know, withdrawn the way he made his comments is that he, he is put too much focus on one community and not being able to talk about issues at all, which is so people are concerned both about generalising and stereotyping, but they're also concerned about a sense that we might sweep issues under the carpet that need to be looked at. Now, I don't think the issue is endemic, but I think that you should root it out wherever it exists, and you certainly shouldn't say, well, if it happens within a minority community, that's going to be a bit tricky. We won't talk about that because that might raise sensitivities. I think you should be equally insensitive to this happening in any community, but make sure you're dealing with all the cases. The corruption, I think, is is quite limited in, in British politics, but it's really, really important to root it out. There's a broader thing that happens, which is a sort of unhealthy form of sort of machine politics or political organising, which I don't think is distinctively there in minority communities, but might happen in some, you know, ethnic groups. It might also happen in some trade unions. It might happen among some political elites or, you know, corporate donors or something. And it's worth being careful of that, but that's a separate issue of, from, from corruption, you know, people being too much in a sort of you scratch my back style of politics. I see, you see that right at the top of politics. You might see that in very local politics as well. It's unhealthy, even if it's not illegal. The Tories have traditionally not been particularly popular with uh, ethnic minority voters. Do you think this will further damage their image? 
I, th- I, I don't think it will help them. I, th- I think the row about it won't help them. I think one thing that was new in this row, though, is that you had uh, conservative voices, uh, an MEP from a Pakistani background, challenging the comments and then accepting the apology. So I think, I think to some extent the party benefits a bit from the fact that it's broadened out a little bit in the last five years that it now has minority voices. This wasn't a view that ethnic minorities vote Labour and the Conservatives will say something about them and be attacked by Labour. This was, this was actually um, the Conservatives having benefited a little bit from being a bit more diverse, had that debate within their own parties. I think they should stress that. That's another reason to be careful about the way you talk about groups and communities, but it should never be a reason not to raise issues of uh, corruption or malpractice if they exist. But I think the most important thing the Attorney General can do is if he can find cases, then he should just make sure they're properly investigated and properly prosecuted, because that's the only way to deal with the issue. How wide scale is it? I, I suspect it's pretty, uh, it's pretty minor, but it's really important that it doesn't grow. Sander Katwala, uh, Director of British Future, uh, an identity and integration think tank. Thank you very much indeed. You can have your say on that. 08459 four double five five double five. We're talking about maps versus sat navs as well. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Ben, Facebook, maps all the way. Liz, colour me a freak then. I use maps in the Google route finder. I think sat navs can be dangerous. Not if they're used sensibly. Monica, always have a map in the car and very often check if I'm not sure what sat nav is saying. Sat nav is a device, it can be wrong, have a glitch or just stop working. Paper map never stop working. Yes, paper maps stop working when new roads get built, old roads get closed. Nicola, always use maps. They never run out of battery or send you in the wrong direction. Plug it into the uh, cigarette lighter and use a bit of common sense, is my tip. Andrea says, I love my map. You love your map. Gary says, nothing wrong with using a map. I have a sat-nav too. Even that takes me the wrong way sometimes. 08459 455 555. Yeah. So I'm having time off over Christmas. Two mm-hmm. weeks. I, and I don't normally like taking time off over Christmas. I normally like to work straight through and just count that cash. But I thought, no, do you know what? I'm going to take two weeks off. Mm. And I'm looking forward to it. Well, It'll you, do you good. I, I, I need, you're saying I look very tired today. You do looking a little tired. I feel it. Feel dark under the eyes. Feel old. Uh, are you off over Christmas? Of course. <laughs> oh, you always go away, don't you? <laughs> yes. Somewhere hot and nice. Well, I'll tell you what, that week between Christmas... Because Christmas Day, that's always quite fun, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. And then you've got the, the hell that is Boxing Day. Yes. And then there's that awful week, isn't there, where kind of some people have to go back to work for a few hours and yeah. then other people don't and everything's cold and depressing and all there is on the TV is kind of old reruns of films and it's all rather miserable. I'd rather be away during that. Wow, OK. Having my holidays. Well, look at you grinning like a cheshire cat you're very very excited i know got to ask you quick question uh i know the weekend was very very important for you very busy oh yeah but what did you think of the new doctor who wasn't it great wasn't it great uh i i have no idea didn't watch it are you gonna watch it today i won't spoil it then i won't spoil it but you're in for a treat oh the last few minutes is wonderful uh no huh no i won't be watching it today either tomorrow there's a whole host of things that frankly i'd rather be doing ouch including taking all my clothes off and running through Luton Town Centre. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Not going to do that again, eh? Giving myself some kind of disease. Oh, dear. All kinds of things ahead you of watching. Uh, are a very, very strange chap. Really? Just gone off you about 6%. <laughs> it, was, it, it was quite low anyway, to start with. <laughs> I was going to say, what's left? You're in minus figures. Oh, no, not what's again. What's on your show today? Well, I want to talk to you uh, about some comments that have been made by a very interesting man. A senior immigration tribunal judge yep. has told the BBC that the full Muslim face veil has no place in British society. Oh. This chap, he's called Judge Kershid Drabu. 
He's been an advisor to the MOD and the Muslim Council of Britain. He says that if women want to wear the veil, they should move to a country where they'd feel more comfortable. For example, Pakistan, Mm. Qatar or Saudi Arabia. He says the veil isn't a religious requirement, it's simply a cultural item that is in no way needed or appropriate in modern Britain. Now, this is this is a, a very senior man. He, you know, he's been an advisor to the MOD and the Muslim Council of Britain, Britain, and he is saying that the veil has no place in this country. Mm. Well, I want us to discuss his views from nine this morning. This is a conversation that just won't go away, and I wonder why it won't go away. Is it because, ultimately, lots and lots and lots of people in this country, the majority of people in this country, have a problem with the veil? Is that why it just keeps coming up? Because more and more people are saying, you know what, let's stand up, let's make our views known on this. We don't like the veil. We don't like the veil in this country. From nine, I want your views. Um, Do you believe that this guy's got it right? Do you think that, frankly... It doesn't serve any purpose in this country. Would you even go as far as to say, yes, women who, who want to wear the veil should perhaps consider moving to a country where it is the norm, if, if they feel strongly enough that they should be wearing it, perhaps elsewhere would be more appropriate from nine, your views. It's going to be feisty today. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. If uh, you uh, want to get in touch, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, Keith in Letchworth. Good morning, Keith. Uh, morning, Ian. Keith, what can I do for you? And um, you mentioned about tribute bands. Yeah, we had, we had a guy from the... the I'm not even going to say their name. The, the, a Beatles tribute band. Okay. And I very generously invited him to come in, bring in the Beatles. Turns out the yeah. Beatles are too big for my Friday morning music slot, which I have to say, dear listeners, is hanging in the balance. If we get more big big names like the Beatles turning us down, then the Friday morning music slot will go. It's, 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 it's a definite possibility that it may go. I'm feeling a little bit hurt by that, Keith. I, I, I think so too. I think my tribute band or tribute band I'm in, uh, we'll come and do it. No problem. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Before I jump on the, on this and say yes, you could be um, um, uh, a black lace tribute band. In which case, we ain't have. No, we're not having a black lace tribute band. Who do you tribute no. to? Gary Newman. Oh, hang on. <laughs> really? Definitely. Here we go. Hang on a second. Here we go. Here we go. Hang on a second. Here we go. Sing along with Gary Newman, would you, Keith? Oh, I'm trying my best. Okay. Are you, do, you, do you play Gary Newman? I'm Gary Newman, yeah. Away you go. Okay, here we go. This is Gary Newman That's and Gary Newman with Cut. Oh, how long is it? Yeah, it's coming up. Is it coming up? All right. Gary Newman and Gary Newman live <laughs> on BBC Three Counties Radio in your own time, Gary. <laughs> okay. Now nah, you're all right, mate. How's that? That nah, we, we're busy then. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. We'd love you to come in, Keith. Would you come in on a Friday morning? Of course, yes. And now, how do you do it? Do you have like a little Bon Tempe? What? How do? How do you re- recreate the uh, the new wave uh, visionary uh, Gary Newman's music? Well, we've got lots of uh, my wife's in the band and. My father-in-law's in the band. We've got two keyboard players, sometimes three keyboard players. So do, you, got... do, you, do you look like Gary Newman? Do you wear a wig like he does? Oh, didn't people know that? <laughs> I don't think he wears a wig anymore. I think it's, I think it's sewn in, isn't it? Oh, has, has, has he gone for the old weave? 
I think so, yeah. Would you, okay, well, Keith, listen, we'd love to get you to come in one day, if, if, if you'd be up for it. Lovely. I'd love to, yeah. Stay on the line, speak to Kelly Betts, she will book you in. That was great. We'll have a bit of that. If you're in a tribute band... And you want to come in on a Friday? Seriously, the Friday music, Friday uh, music thing is—it's it, in the balance. We've got a few more booked up, and then we might, we might let it go. So, if you want to save it, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I will have to put some tribute. I like tribute bands. I'm a big fan of tribute bands. Road safety charities are calling for the return of TV adverts warning about the dangerous dangers of crossing the road. It comes after yet uh, uh, another accident um, of on the A505 in Luton, a stretch of road where people constantly ignore pedestrian crossings and underpasses, preferring instead to run the gauntlet. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, was observing pedestrians on this road over the weekend. He saw a number of near misses as people ignored the traffic lights, and a bit like this lady. Faye, you've just crossed this road... There's an underpass over there. There's traffic lights to our right-hand side. Why didn't you use them? Because this is just... Well, they should have a crossing here, perhaps. The opening's there for it. There's a crossing there, though, literally 50 yards to our right-hand side. But it's not where I need to get to. I need to get to there. I'm sorry if I sound patronising here, but do you not think what you just did was extremely dangerous? It was, perhaps, extremely dangerous. In hindsight, yes. And you do that all the time, do you? I am afraid I do. Yes, I do. Well, Jan Alder is the director of the Safety Centre in Milton Keynes. Jan, what do you do at the Safety Centre? Oh, good morning. Um, yeah, we teach road safety all the time. We use the Green Cross Code every day at the Safety Centre. I mean, we are teaching primarily children, primary school children, um, but we're, we're telling them to do exactly what that lady didn't do, <laughs> which was to find a safe place to cross the road. Do we need the Green Cross Code man and, and Alvin Stardust to make a return? I always found them a little bit patronising as a kid, but it, I, I, I crossed the road properly. It's worked. Absolutely. And I think those sorts of messages need to be nationally delivered, really. I mean, we, we deliver them locally um, um, to sort of Milton Keynes and the surrounding counties, but certainly... National advertising seems to work very, very well. But, um, and how are the, the children that you're teaching, how do, how do they respond to the simple instructions of the Green Cross Code? Well, we, we actually take them through, we do it practically, and we, we have traffic lights and zebra crossings oh. inside oh, our Oh, so that would be fun, yes. So they, they do it on a practical basis, which is obviously much more memorable for them than reading something from a website or, you know... Uh, just downloading something um, and yeah they respond very well it, it gives them the experience of of actually doing it properly what's the situation like in, in milton Keynes on the, on the grid road system do people often use them in an unsafe way um well i think that that has been known i mean unfortunately they have quite high speed limits on, on the grid roads um, but there are underpasses and there and there as you said you know before there are other places to cross them but Yes, unless people are educated early in life that you just don't do that, you find a safe place to cross. People sometimes take risks with their life, which is, is madness when you think, you know, a, a ten minute or, or a few minutes walk down the road to a, a safer place could save their lives. If people want to find out more about the safety centre in Milton Keynes, Jan, where, where do they go? Um, they have to go to our website, it's uh, safetycentre.co.uk. Uh, or they can just ring us up and, and ask to come and have a look if they wish. Jan, yeah. th-
Oh, shall I give my phone yeah, number? Yeah, please do. 01908 but certainly the website is probably the easiest place to find out about Jan, us. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, a quick public service announcement, dear listener. I hope this is true, otherwise uh, we'll be, you know, this could just be a naughty child that sent this in. And, um, is, is it, have we, have we, have we verified this information? Because it just because a kid who wants to sack off school for the day. Sorry, I wasn't listening. The, that that fills say? me with dread. The, the text. Let's not read it out What's until I've... the I've, text? The Gilbert... All right, I'm going to read it out. Oh. And then we're going to... Are you sure it's from the right person? It was sent from Jane Killick. Oh, oh she we'll was Jane. Well, <laughs> we have no reason to suspect she wants to bunk off school for the day. Okay. Uh, Gil- Gilbert Inglefield School in Leighton Buzzard is... Humbledink. Is closed today because it's got no heating. I say open it. Just make them wear an extra jumper and a scarf in class. Shocking behaviour. Well, anyway, it's closed. You can hear a, a mass collective sigh of uh, young people as they go, yes, we can play on the Xbox One all day now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Is anybody else going to be trying to get Monty Python tickets today? I'm going to be trying to get... They go on sale at uh, half past ten. Shit, it's ten o'clock, but don't tell anybody. Uh, and I'm, I'm desperately going to be trying to... It's, I, it's one of those ones where... It, oh, I'm nervous. I get nervous around things like this. While you're on, when you get through... Yeah. Can I have one? For Christmas? I'm not buying That's you. All one. I want. They're like a hundred quid. Oh, I'm not, I'm but not... you do appreciate my work, don't you? <laughs> work? Do you work here as well? Oh my! I'm not spending a hundred pounds on a Python ticket for you. I'm afraid That's not happening at all. All right. Well, what if I put some to it? Well, how much? If I put a tenner. God, for goodness' sakes, not happening at all. Very, very excited. Very excited about it. I, it's, I get anxious. I get very anxious about things. I get anxious about buying tickets that are going to sell out. What? Twenty? Oh, Go away. I also get anxious about going on aeroplanes because I'm always. My, my wife is always. Look, we've got a seat booked. Don't worry, it's fine. We'll get in there. My worry is we'll get to the seat and the uh, overhead lo- locker where you put your luggage, your hand luggage, will be full, and then you'll have to put it somewhere else. And that means when you want to get off the plane, you've got to go all the way to the back of the plane to get the stuff, so you're going to be last off. And this is all before you get on the plane and see what the capacity is. Oh, yeah, oh I hate it. Oh, my goodness, I what a nightmare. I, mean, I am a nightmare. 08459 555 is the telephone number. I had an email about crossings. Ian, what really annoys me is cyclists who use... Oh, this is awful. Who use pedestrian crossings to cross the road, or worse, to stop the traffic in order for them to join the road and be on their merry way down the road while you're sitting powerless waiting for the red light to change. Jay, you're right. That's very annoying. Um, Helen says, on the How to Pass website, it states that the test examiner will expect the driver to stop if someone is waiting to cross at a zebra crossing. Turns out you don't have to, though, Helen. I, I, I was unaware of this rule. You, you, it's a courtesy to stop. Unless someone's got their foot on the zebra crossing, you don't have to. John from Datchworth. I'm of the opinion it is the law. You have to stop at zebra crossings. But I always thought it was when the pedestrian looks as if they're ready to step out. <laughs> How do they look? They have to have their foot on the zebra crossing. Which I think is, uh, is absolutely incredible. Incredible. Now... Old-fashioned map or a sat-nav. Justin, we'll, we'll come to you in a second, because we, we, we've done this before. Mm. And I, 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 I don't understand why anybody, anybody, would use a map 
instead of a sat-nav. Yeah, with a sat-nav, mm. you, can't, you can't follow them blindly. You have to take what they say with a pinch of salt and use your, your intelligence. But maps, really? It seems very odd to me. Very, very odd. Of course, a sat-nav, as you say, you know, you've got to use them with caution, but, but they are simple and they're effective. Why would you want to follow an old-fashioned map when you've got sat-nav? I don't get it. Justin, stay there, because I want to speak to uh, Naked Dillis in Newport Pagnell. <laughs> are, you, are you naked? Uh, not now, thank you. Oh, uh, when were you last naked? Um, at about, um, just about, about 20 to 8 this morning. Excellent stuff, me too. Uh, now, uh, Naked Dillis, uh, um, you, do you still use maps or are you a, a sat-nav kind of guy? I, um, <laughs> I don't have a sat-nav. Oh. I don't, um, I'm elderly, I only drive round about Newport Bagmill nowadays. Oh, so you, do you, you don't even need a map then? No, I don't need a map. No. I, my son, if I go any further than that, I'm usually with my son in that he does have a nap, sat nav, but he doesn't follow it blindly. No, that's the thing, isn't it? You always see people going the wrong way up one-way streets or driving into lakes. Well, that's their fault. You, you use it as a suggestion and you read the road signs around you as well, of course, don't you? Uh, well, that's the thing that you've just said. Um, Here's the thing I just said, be- yes. Because, uh, well, coming to what I what I rang you about... Oh, yeah, go on. Uh, ..was, um... I... I, I, I <laughs> my... My alarm radio comes on at 7 o'clock. Oh, yes. I usually lie for anything half an hour up to an hour... Yes. ..putting to what I feel like. Oh, wonderful. ..listening to you. Excellent, thank you. And uh, so this morning, I thought, well, I've got to get up, I've got the washing to do and some rubbish to put out... Busy day. ..day. Um, and so about 20 to 8... Yes. I got up, went into the bathroom, yeah. switched the shower on, yeah. got in the shower, came out, came out of the shower, and what? just as I came out of the shower, dripping wet. What an image! Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> is this working for you, Justin? Oh yes! Oh yes! Oh yes! You, you don't want to see a vision. <laughs> and the front doorbell rang. Uh oh! So I hurriedly wrapped the towel around myself, ran into the bedroom, yeah. took a wrap, put it on, put it round. Open the door. Yes. A delivery man. Oh, hello. Box. And he said, uh, um, a box for... I didn't t- catch what he said. Yeah. He said, it Well, box for Paula. I said, Paula? Uh-huh. Paula? He said, yes. Numbers. Such and such. Manor Road. And I... <laughs> it Being the way I was... Yes. I didn't think quickly enough. And I just said... But this isn't Manor Road. No. This is Shipley Road. Right. Mm. What? Where's this Oh, I'm very sorry. And, and sort of off he went. And yes. I thought afterwards, I should have said, you were on your sat-nav. Oh, yes. Mm, you see, you could have... I didn't know. No. But um, I would... I would bet you 99% to one. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but be, being naked and wet as you were, it was, it was diffi- it's difficult to think in that condition, isn't it, sometimes? Uh, it is rather, when you're dripping wet. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, uh, Dillis, listen, I, I pr- thank you so much, and all of the gentlemen and some of the ladies listening to this are thanking you for that magnificent image you've, you've put in our minds. <laughs> well, the, 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 the other thing is oh, yeah. that... When you said about the road sign, but actually the name of Shipley Road is right by my gateway. Ah, I see. It walked past it. What a muppet. What a muppet. Absolutely. Well, hopefully that person will get that parcel. Dillis, thank you so much for that wonderful story, Justin. Oh, I got a bit tingly after that. (laughs) I know. Before we come to you, we need to calm down a bit. Hopefully Paul can bring us back to Earth. Paul in Flittick. Morning, Paul. 
Hi there, how's it going? Yeah, it's a little bit hot and steamy here. We're hoping you can pour some metaphorical cold water down our backs. (laughs) What have you got for us, Paul? Sat-navs? Yeah, go on. Yeah, went to Cornwall for the first time this year. Uh, I do have a sat-nav, but I love the maps as well. So if I'm going anywhere new, I'll use Google Earth before I go to see what the roads are like around there. Yeah. And old Sally sat-nav, she was uh, wanting to lead me astray and take me down this track that allowed a car or a car with a caravan to get down, so I knew it was wrong and uh, carried on the right way. So you can't rely on old Sally. Well, this is it. You, You can't rely on them. What voice do you have, Paul, talking to you? Uh, I haven't got any choices, unfortunately, in the vehicle I've got at the moment. I used to go and choose stuff. John Cleese was quite funny. Yeah. And Ozzy Osbourne was even ruder. Oh, really? It was an Ozzy Osbourne. I, I have the voice turned off, because they, they do get on my nerves. But uh, th- this is the thing, Paul. You can't follow it uh, blindly. You have to use a no, little bit of common age. sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Paul, thank you very much for that. Justin, I think that's brought us suitably back down to earth mm-hmm. now. So we just. can... Uh, just. we can talk about this. You've been speaking uh, to people this morning. Sat-navs versus maps. What have mm. they been saying? Well, much to my surprise, Ian, people still love a good old-fashioned map. Incredibly. Even with sat-navs about. Uh, there's a guy at the end of this piece who's... Uh, a bit strange, but more to come on him very soon. I have been talking to motorists on the A5 in Hertfordshire about what they prefer. Here's what they had to say. Jim, you're a motorist. Do you prefer sat-navs or printed maps? Printed maps. I just like paperwork. I don't like gadgets. Right. <laughs> Even though that gadget could help you? No, I don't use them. I don't, uh, don't believe them. They don't work. They don't work? Well, they work for some people. They don't work for me. Uh, you, you don't trust them, then? No, that's right. Simple as that. So if somebody bought you a sat there for Christmas, what would you do with it? I'd give it away. Seriously? Yeah, seriously, I'd give it away. Not interested. Paper maps for me. Just used to them. Grew up with them. Drove around Europe with them, so... Morning, sir. Filling up today. What do you prefer, sat-navs or printed maps? So, sat-nav. Um, takes you straight to where you're going, so it's time. I've spoken to two people who say they don't trust sat-navs. Has your sat-nav taken you in the wrong direction? Right. No, it comes with experience. You, you've got a basic idea where you're going... And you know if a sat-nav is going to take you the wrong way, you know just through experience. So how do you know, though? Explain that one to me. How do you know your sat-nav will take you in the wrong place? Well, I've been driving for 40-odd years. You know you know, if you go down a road, the sat-nav telling you to go down there, and you think it's not quite right. And it probably hasn't been programmed into that sat-nav. But there again, the sat-nav is, is fairly, fairly right most of the time. So sat-navs every time, but when you use them, you've got to use them with caution. That's when they work effectively. Yeah, definitely. What do you prefer, then? Sat-navs, because it tells me, where, tells me where I'm going, and I don't have to keep pulling over to read the map. So your sat-nav has always got you there. It's never taken you in the wrong direction, ever? No, never. What voice have you got on your sat-nav? Very personal question. A lady's voice. Does she annoy you? No. No, not at all. So it's never got to that point where you thought, you know what, if she was sitting in my car right now, I'll give her a good slap? No, but my uh, colleague does. She doesn't like it at all. It does annoy her. No, I've got it all in here. I don't need it. I can, I could, you could drop me in a parachute in the middle of England and I'll know exactly where I am. Oh, get out of here, come on. I can indeed. I've been all over the country. So if I said to you, I've got a job for you down Heath Road in Coventry, you could drive from here to Coventry and find it. Yeah, near enough, yeah. Oh, what I'll do is I'll ask the postman. <laughs> Who's that fella at the end? Oh, it's fantastic. It's all up here. It's all up here. So what I'll do when I get there, I'll ask a postman. Well, so we, effectively, we, it's not there then. We've just heard that postman, well, we know that postmen get things wrong. Exactly. So, so he's going to be stuck this afternoon. Now, you, I, I have been in the car, Justin, when you have relied on the sat-nav, mm. and, and the thing is, you are one of those Muppets that does... Excuse me? ...that does follow it to the letter. Yes. To the point where it took us 25 minutes to do a yeah. three-minute journey. Yes, but... 
Did we get there? Yes, we did. If I had have used a map, it would have taken us even longer. We could have walked there in <laughs> ten minutes. Very true, but we still got there. And by the time we got to that school, it was very, very productive. We had a, a chat about what was happening on the show. Those extra ten minutes, I felt, were very, um, very productive. Let's you know? be honest, we had a good old-fashioned bitch, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Dear yeah. that we just. Yeah. Here's an interesting text, Justin. Mm. This, this isn't aimed at you, so you can breathe a sigh of relief. It's aimed at those other two that I work with, um, right. uh, Kelly and uh, Catherine. Oh, their names. I didn't know them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, g- I'm g- thinking of asking them to wear name badges. <laughs> I would. Let's ask them. Would you wear name badges? No. Mine would say a swear word. Not okay, bye. Yeah. Uh, Janet has texted in. Uh, Mr. Lee, good, good, respectful start. I like that. <laughs> Do your two colleagues, Catherine and uh, Kelly, actually get paid for their total lack of professionalism? I think they do, don't they? Uh, sadly, I think... Do you two get paid? Not very much. No, not really. Okay, you do get paid, and you get paid by people like Janet, by people like Justin, oh. by people like me, people like my mum. Morning, That's Janet. That's the state Morning, of the Janet. BBC, it? doesn't work like that. doesn't work like that. For goodness sakes, Justin, thank you very much indeed. I mean, it is shocking. It should be. Here's an interesting thing. It's your BBC, according to Tony Hall. I think... Uh, it should be um, uh, your pay should be uh, related to your success. Now, I am very successful in terms of, of driving listening listening figures up, of, of really kicking this show into gear from where it was thirteen, fourteen months ago. Oh dear, well, it's completely different. So I should probably get more money than I'm getting. Catherine, I mean, Kelly has spent literally the last five minutes untangling her phone headset, but well, she's that's a, necessary. But what I, she doesn't realise is she's making it worse. She's untangling it the wrong way. No, I'm not. I'm getting it done. Oh. Well, she's saving her next colleague who's coming in um, a job. So. Well, she shouldn't exactly. have tangled it up in she the. Didn't f- the, my previous one did? The f- she's taking responsibility. Don't blame it on Chet and Partak. That's what it's all about, right? Joyce is in Dunstable. Morning, Joyce. Good morning. Crossing the road. Yes, um, in Dunstable, they've done all the new road works around Asda and the college and everywhere but no proper crossings oh really they've done the road works in late late buzzard they've yeah. got the crossings they've done them in uh Houghton regis they've got crossings but we've got no belicia crossings at all uh, have they got any crossings they've got a red tiles and then a gray tile and people are walking across that and the motorists are moaning because it's not a proper crossing right so there's arguments when people don't stop. Yeah, I don't think you're... You, you don't have to stop for those, do you? No, not... No, but uh, yeah, if people are crossing, what, what are you going to do? Run them down? There's going to be an accident before long. So there are no traffic lights, there's no zebra crossing, there's no pelican crossing, there's none of that? Nothing, nothing at all. Oh, Just dear. these red and grey tiles across the roads by the college, by the Grove area, by Sainsbury's. It's absolutely disgusting. The, the new road signs are terrible because people don't know. My son-in-law went down the dark and he's up the bus lane because he didn't know the setup. Oh, it is we, really I tell you what, I tell you what, do Joyce. We'll send Justin or one of our team over there at some point in the near future to have a little look and, and, and speak to some people there, and we'll, we'll see if we'll see what we can do. You talk to people, and it's really, really bad. Joyce, thank you for that. Well, can we can we get Justin or, or, or someone decent out there to? Um, uh, have a little look and, and speak to people and find out. That's that, that's how this station works, by the way. We come up with stuff. We come up with some cracking stuff. We come up with some rubbish sometimes. But we, we tend to come up with some cracking stuff. But you can also let us know about things and problems and bits and pieces, and uh, we'll go and have a little look. So thank you very much for that. We will send someone to have a look at that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What do those the, 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 those bits? She was uh, they're raised. 
crossings, aren't they? I've seen them. You don't have to stop for those. Although since discovering you don't actually have to stop at a zebra crossing, my whole understanding of of, uh, the highway code and road safety has gone completely out of the window. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number. Just type a name on the screen, Kelly. That's all you, that's all you need to do. And uh, Pat, lovely Pat. Uh, hello, Ian. Pat and Houghton Regis, what, what can you do for us, please? Well, the rules of the road is it doesn't have to be a zebra crossing. If you put your foot on the road as a pedestrian, you claim the right away. No. It is, it's under the highway code. Where? Well, I'm a driving instructor and oh. I teach it. Oh, OK. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly your argument is a little bit stronger than it was previously, but still. Thank you. Really? That means any yeah. Muppet can just walk into the road and we have to stop for them? Yeah, and they do as well, walk into the road. Tell me about it. Approaching. I've seen um, them. And on zebra crossings, you, the, the uh, people in their cars must wait till the pedestrians cross the whole width of the crossing. Oh, well, no, no one does that, do they? Particularly if it's, if it's a, someone who's particularly slow. Once they've gone past us, we like to, to, to streak ahead, don't we? You do, but then you encourage other drivers to put their foot down as well, and there could be someone on the crossing still. Oh, OK. All right. Thank you very much for that. So there we go. You say, uh, So, hang on, if, as soon as someone puts their foot on the road, you have to stop for them. Really? I'm not sure I totally buy into that, but that, that gentleman is, is a driving instructor. Who's going to know best, me or him? On this occasion, I may, uh, I, I, I may accept it might be him, but I just don't know. Ah, oh, dearie, dearie me. Right. <clears throat> right. Uh, Teresa's in Luton. Good morning, Teresa. Hello, Ian. Sat-navs. Yes, sat-navs are OK sometimes, but they can be a bit silly. Go on. Because um, suddenly it leaves you driving along and it will say, turn right at the roundabout. And it wasn't a roundabout because it's a completely new road. Yeah. The sat-nav hasn't got anything about it, so they've completely mucked up the sat-nav and you don't know whereabouts you're going. But the other thing was, a few weeks ago, we were coming back from Lincolnshire and... We, because we, we know the route that we normally take things. We normally take onto the A1. Yeah. We decided to follow the satnav because we'd come from a slightly different part of Lincolnshire. Yes. The satnav took us through the tiny little roads, oh. all the lanes, all the B roads, yeah. all around that thing. I thought, whatever's the satnav doing? It's taken us completely cross country things where we know there was A roads, you know what I mean? And, it was really frightening being... I, I had that this weekend, Teresa. I was driving to yeah. Birmingham at a ridiculous time in the morning, yeah. and the M40 was shut. Uh, and so I put into the sat-nav, uh, avoid this bit of the M40. Uh, and it took me through It took me through some of the tiniest little villages, the narrowest little roads possible, yeah. and there must have been an easier way to get of there. Of course there should be. It's ridiculous that, you know, for some reason it just goes stupid sometimes. And one time, we put a sat-nav on. We were at, um, I think we were in Bristol, and we wanted to go to Stow on the Wold. Yeah. And we put Stow on the Wold on the sat-nav, and it took her to the middle of Gloucester, into a little um, residential road in the middle of Gloucester, and said, you're here. Oh, really? <laughs> well, that's bonkers. I know. <laughs> well, you got, you got to see a nice little residential road in Gloucester, though, so that's not completely bad. Teresa, thank you very much indeed. Um, on the subject of crossing, Marlene's in Dunstable. Morning, Marlene. Oh, morning. It's a very road-themed show today, but I'm, I can deal with that. Yes. Um, the lady that rang up about the road by Asda and that, when that was first opened, oh, yes. the council called it a shared highway. What does that mean? 
It's the egg between pedestrians and people. Well, guess who's going to win out of that deal? Well, exactly. Oh, uh, well, an accident waiting to happen. And also, in the local rag this week, some guy had come from Newmarket, and his sat-nav took him on the guided busway. Oh. Blew three tyres, damaged oh. three wheels, he had to be towed off by oh, the RAC. blimey, really? <laughs> yes, in that's, the Herald and Post, that was. Well, that's fantastic, Marlene. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have, have, you, have you noticed, just going back to the, the, this road in Dunstable, where they've done all the work, have yeah. you, do you consider it to be particularly dangerous, then? It's dreadful. It, it's just an accident waiting to happen. Oh, dear. I think and to say, the council called it a shared highway, to be shared between pedestrians oh, I've and never, cars. What a, what a made-up, nonsensical phrase. Yes, yes. You, you no, that on, honestly, was a, that's truth. Right. Marlene, I appreciate that. Thank you. We're going to have to say we're going to have to send someone down there. I think uh, Colin's in Dunstable. Colin, you want to talk about this? This the, where the roadworks have been as well. Do you? Yeah, What's it's absolutely horrendous. Tell me why. Right, number one, uh, they haven't built the the road properly on the corner right. of um, Queensway and um, and um, what's it drive? What's it drive? Yes, I know. Um, and it floods. Over a metre into oh. the road. Oh dear! Um, and it's right by one of these shared um, crossings. Now this is that raised red brick yes. crossing. What is it, it is, it's, it's a raised grey brick right. with uh, red bricks either side of it. Right, and that—that's the shared um, part of the highway. Which is it really is. It, at night, you can't see it. No. Um, and I've nearly been knocked over twice um, with people coming round the corner too fast uh, because it is a 20-mile-an-hour limit. Yeah. Um, but even that's too fast, really. Um, and um, people not stopping so when you're it, on the cross. Right, this crossing, is it illuminated? Does it have its own nope. lights? No. Nope. OK, right. Uh, and uh, do, do we know the legal requirement? Are cars legally required to stop no, there? No, I can't find out anything about it. OK, right. Colin, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a job. There's no money in it, but I'm going to give you a job. Can I make you the uh, uh, ambassador for Dunstable? You can. Would that, would that be OK? I will happily meet um, Justin. There we go, you see. Um... And because there's two within a, a couple okay. of hundred yards. Now, you don't have to take Justin to the uh, Dunstable uh, um, Embassy, but if, if you would act as ambassador and guide Justin around and point out the, the dangerous bits... I will do. Colin, you're, you're a good lad. Thank you very much indeed. We, this is what we need to do. This is, stay on the line, Colin, we'll get your details. This is exactly what we need to do. We need to get ambassadors for all the different towns. Right, we'll do this. We'll pursue this. Ambassadors for all the different towns and villages. Oh, apparently there's, we're finding it. We'll look into this story. I'm hearing there might be a petition as well to um, to, to get some kind of uh, road safety measures put in. Colin, we'll send Justin down. You will be the ambassador. Um, we'll we'll try and do it for tomorrow. It may be later in the week, but we will definitely look at it, uh, and we'll see if we can get someone on from uh, the local council to tell us what's going on. It's very odd to get three phone calls, bang, 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 like that, telling us the same thing. That means there is definitely an issue there. Thank you. If you've got an issue that you want us uh, to look at, then do uh, drop me a line. Ian.Lee, I-A-I-N dot L-E-E at bbc.co.uk. You see how it works? All that came from a, a, a random phone call saying that there's a road in Dunstable where it's not very safe. 
Two more phone calls. Boom. We're sending out uh, one of our top ten reporters, Justin Dealey, to investigate it. And I've appointed Colin as ambassador for Dunstable. Ian.Lee at bbc.co.uk. I do like this idea of having ambassadors for all the towns, the villages, in the, the three counties. Oh, oh. And then we'll get a king or a queen for each county. Oh, this is going to be good. Right. Leave it to me. We'll start this tomorrow. We're giving away beds, hearts and bucks from tomorrow. JBS up next. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian.